1: To the doc G show, I am your host doc G. With me as always is the man hmm. some people say is just like Nikola Jokic, except he's a foot shorter. Hmm. Not as skilled at basketball. Nope. Probably in better shape. Nope. Isn't originally from Serbia. Nope. Doesn't have a passion for horse riding. Nope. He's a little bit more tan, mm. has a beard, mm. but besides those things, exactly like Nikola Jokic, the MVP. We are
2: almost the
1: exact same. Yes, that's me. Yes, that's me, dude.
2: That's so I I actually saw this video on Twitter yesterday, mm-hmm. and it was a throwback um, to Jaguars practice, mm. and Fred Taylor was talking to Jimmy Smith, and he's like, you know, Michael Vick and Byron Leftwich are pretty similar. <laughs> They're both black. <laughs> They're both they both wear number seven. Yep. and that's about where it ends. That's
1: about it. That's about it. <laughs> <That's about> it.
2: <laughs> Nikola Jok- uh, Jokic and I are are pretty similar yeah. in that in that regard. Yeah,
1: you uh, you play basketball occasionally, and so yes. does he. And so does yeah. he. And I mean, you know, I think that's pretty exact, spot on, as uh, as you guys. You probably should be him for Christmas or Christmas, Halloween. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna buy his jersey, and everyone will get it. <laughs> yeah, especially if you do it on Christmas. What the? Yes, are you doing. I am Nikola Jokic. I think we all know we dress up as people we like on Christmas, right? That's what we they're do? Like,
2: they're like, they're not they're not even playing today.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh Dave, I was thinking, I was like, how do I start off the show hmm. today? You know? That's a yeah. Fact. Cause mm-hmm. we've we've done a lot of different uh, intros. We've done introspection, we've done social observation, commercial mm-hmm. critiques, one of my faves, mm-hmm. quizzes, yes. surveys, future planning. Well, I was thinking of the things that we haven't done. And I know oh. both of us were fans of geography and we're yes. fans of history. So true. Yes. And you know what we've never really talked about?
2: Geographical history
1: of our hometown of the radio oh. show, Jacksonville, oh. Florida. You know? That's right. Yeah. Uh,
2: Jacksonville has a very interesting history. We got all kinds
1: of stuff, uh, man. Of how it came to be. All kinds of stuff. We never talked about it. And I feel like we get a little complacent where we live, you know. We need yeah. to yeah. we need to do a little a, a little appreciation, a little bit of a fact finding mission. And I call this segment that we're gonna do in the intro the mm-hmm. straight mother mm-hmm. effing facts of Jax. Here it comes. Oh, let's go. Here it comes. The street Mother Facts on Jeff. Okay, so, all right, Dave, you ready for the first fact? I hope so. Okay, here we go. Fact one. Jacksonville is home to the country's biggest urban park system. Yeah. Urban park system. Yeah, we have more parks, more acreage than any other city. city. Yeah, dude, Jacksonville does have some awesome parks. Shout out to Blue Cypress. Mm. That's my there my neighborhood. That's your go-to. Park. Po- that's your go-to park, huh? Yes. Mm-hmm. Shout out. Well, uh, 111,000 acres of parks. Now, granted. Uh, Jacksonville does have a leg up Considering the city is so huge So right. You know But You better have some big park system But still There it is Number one First fact Put it on the board Number two I like it Fact two Here we go Here we go Number two uh, Jacksonville Could be potentially responsible For six packs Of long neck beers
3: Wait what?
1: Hmm. Yeah. Please please expand Okay. On that. During World War II, the now defunct Jack's Brewing Company invented the six-pack with long necks because they couldn't keep selling aluminum cans and steel. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So... I need to look into that. So they sold long necks in packs of six. There you go. I'm assuming
2: Anheuser-Busch probably bought out Jacksonville Brewing. Because of the big uh, plant here now.
1: Mm. Could be, or they could have just, you know, went under. Who knows? Sometimes that happens. Yeah. But now nah, you know what? Yeah. Follow up. I'm doing it. Yes. Follow up. Yes. Jack's brew. We're going to figure go. it out. A- any listeners out there, if you want to email me and let me know uh, the facts before I find it, you can. Um, okay, number three. Here we go. Factory In the early 1900s, An Mm -hmm. ostrich farm, which was located on the south bank of downtown, was the city's number one attraction. Word. You would have loved that. <laughs> Ostriches are pretty weird. I but I do like watching them because they're so weird. Yeah, they, yeah you would have went. You would have you would have had like a membership. Oh, I there. definitely would have. Hey, that's one of my yeah. by the way, one of my favorite Kevin Hart stand-ups of all time. I think that might be my favorite is where he talks about hitting the ostrich with a pin. Yes! If listeners haven't listen to that. I don't think I've yeah, yeah. I have i think I've seen Go that, back. I've that one. Go back and watch it. One of my favorites of all time. Okay. Number four. Fact four. In 1916, over 30 movie companies took up residence in Jacksonville. It was known as the world's winter film capital thousands of silent films were made in Jacksonville before the big uh, before the industry made a big move to California. Hmm. Dang, I've never heard that before either. Yeah. I thought I knew Jacksonville. I feel like I don't know my well, own town now. Well, see, I was going to quiz you and then I didn't want to make you feel bad. I was like there's just too yeah. many facts about Jacksonville. There's no way that Dave can know all the facts. I don't want to make him feel bad, right. you know? So It's good. We're learning together. I didn't know any of these facts before either. Except for the fifth one. I did know this one. So, number five. Facts off. The two biggest names in Southern Rock originated in Jacksonville. The Amon Brothers and Leonard Skinner. Yes. Both from Jacksonville. So, essentially, Mm -hmm. the capital of Southern Rock. Southern Rock. Yes. Yes, sir. Yes. Also... Here we go. Number six. Are you ready for six? I hope so.
4: Fact six.
1: Jacksonville is home to the oldest skate park in the United States. Oh, Kona. Yeah. I knew that one. There it is. There it is. And did you know this? Tony Hawk actually competed at Kona before he was famous.
2: Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. I I thought he's from like, isn't he from California? He's from California. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. He
1: come all the way here. Yeah. Dedicated to the sport, man. Dedicated That's to the true. sport. That's true. Okay, number seven. Fact seven. Civil rights leader A. Philip Randolph grew mm-hmm. up in Jacksonville. Randolph... I knew that. Re, oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. There's, a, there's schools named after him. There it is. Randolph created the first African-American u, uh, labor union, the Brotherhood of Sleeping Car Porters, in 1925. He also pushed... President Franklin Roosevelt to end discrimination in hiring practices based off of race, color, creed, or national origin. He also was one of the key organizers for the March on Washington where Martin Luther King gave the I Have a Dream speech. So true. Okay, this this one's pretty good too. Eight. Here we go. Fact eight. In 1953, a restaurant called Instaburger opened in Jacksonville. Instaburger Burger had a special... It was before it's time. Instaburger Burger <laughs> had a special oven called the Insta Broiler, mm, which could uh-huh. cook 400 patties an hour.
3: Sweet. Dang.
1: Despite its supercharged uh, uh, broiler, they weren't getting a lot of uh, actual customers. And someone else bought it out and renamed it Burger King. Say What? No kidding. That's right. That started in Jacksonville? That's right. So true. Yes, indeed. There you go. Wow. Okay. Started in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Look
2: at that. Yeah. Wow. Now,
1: I think their headquarters is in South Florida now. I'm pretty positive it's in Broward. But I the think. first one was in Jacksonville. Yeah. And that, and that makes me want to eat Burger King more. To be honest, yeah. <laughs> I want to like, be a hometowner I, I t-
2: now. Mm. I, exactly, I couldn't tell you last time I've been to Burger King, but now it makes me want to support their business.
1: Flame broiled goodness, man. I, you know, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, Whopper has a unique taste, and I, I'm not opposed to it. It's pretty good. Yes.
2: It's pretty I, good. I couldn't even tell you what it tastes like. Uh, oh, I, I, I did like the chicken fries. Oh, that's probably oh, the yeah. last time I had. Burger King was fries.
1: Now you got a little bit more respect for Chris Brown owning all those uh, those those Burger Kings we talked about yeah, before. shout
2: out to Chris Brown supporting <laughs> Duval.
1: <laughs> shout out. Uh, okay, number nine. Fact nine. This one, you'll understand why this is one of my favorites here. Uh Zorro. Used to live in Jacksonville. Hmm. The actor? No, Zorro was a wild black jaguar that lived at the Jacksonville Zoo. Oh. Yeah. Okay. He, okay. I I think I remember him. No, no, you don't. He was too old for you. He. They may. Really? You, you may have remembered like son of Zorro or like mm. a, a poster to him or a frame, you know, mm-hmm. picture. But he died yeah. in 1986. Um, oh yeah. I wouldn't have met it. <laughs> the reason he's so memorable is he fathered over thirty kittens. Jeez. And almost wow. every black jaguar in American zoos come from the bloodline of Zorro. Look at that. Yeah.
2: Impressive. So, so
1: pretty much every zoo, if you have a black jaguar, it's a former Jacksonville or it has Jacksonville in its blood. There yes. You go. That's a fact. There you go. Okay, number awesome. number ten. Facts. Fact. Tim? This one, this one I love, and I I knew this tree, and I know you know the tree, the Treaty Tree, so right? True. Yep. Do you know how the Treaty Tree got his name? I do not. Okay, so apparently, the Treaty Tree in the 1930s, there were developers that were planning on cutting it down, mm-hmm. and apparently there was this uh, this local reporter Pat Pat Moran who just made up a story. <laughs> about how native americans and european settlers uh signed a treaty underneath <laughs> its branches so you couldn't cut it down because it was sacred because of that um really yeah but uh, apparently uh that well, wasn't true but it still got the name treaty oak because of that have you have you ever climbed it I have walked up to it. I've touched its branches. I didn't want to make it feel bad by climbing on it. I didn't want oh, to put any stress on, on. it.
2: You know? Dude, that was an awesome tree to climb as a young kid. Oh,
1: no doubt. No doubt. I mean, those those giant limbs... It's like a, it's like an octopus going out Cause there. Because you could,
2: you could safely climb up high. Oh, for sure. You know, and yeah. just keep going. Yeah. It's
1: about uh, for for listeners that are not in the Jacksonville area. This tree is a live oak, and it's about two hundred fifty years old, estimated. And it's just so freaking long. It's about sixty feet tall, and then the trunk. Just the trunk, like, trying to measure around the base is about 25 feet around. Jeez. It's massive. The yeah. the spread is is massive. Very cool. Well, hats off to uh, Pat for to Save the tree. Thanks, Pat. There you go. Pat, you create a legend. A lie that came out, I guess, okay in the end. Uh, Dave... Now that we are fully wrapped in the knowledge of Jacksonville, are you ready to fire this show up, dude? That fired me up, man. I am
2: pumped to learn yes. more about Jacksonville. Duval County is what's up. Let's Woo. go, Woo. Dog G. Show, let's go. Woo.
1: Five. All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and lift off. Dave, I, n- not to switch gears, but our our guest today is a is a man of Atlanta, is a man of the ATL. We'll we'll
2: claim him today. That's right. You
1: know what? I'll claim ATL. I'll go over to his. There you go. I'll claim ATL because ATL is pretty awesome, too. Uh, That's true. It's pretty fantastic, and I can't wait to talk to him. We got John William, the flautist. He plays the flute. Right? He's got such an interesting story. He got a doctorate degree. He went to Morehouse. He was the band direct, or, uh, drum major for Morehouse. Wow. Yeah. That's big time. Yeah. I'm going to ask him if it was anything like Drumline. Hmm. <laughs> probably I, was. <laughs> I want to know whether or not it was like Drumline. If, if Nick Cannon was just actually wilding out and I meant to say walling Out, or if it was real, you know? So true. Anyways, I can't wait to talk to him. We're going to talk about his new song. It's got Big Gip, who Big Gip is a big-time player in Atlanta from Goody Mob on that song. Can't wait to talk to him. It's going to be good. But first, we need to start where we start, who birthday suit. Happy
4: birthday, Mr. President.
1: Okay. Pretty confident, even though this isn't your wheelhouse on this one, Dave. Um. Mm-hmm. I'm giving you ninety percent on this one, uh, okay? Mainly because the last, uh, well, the last two movies, y- you get, you know, you know. Um, right. Born on June eighth, nineteen sixty-three in Owensboro, Kentucky. Hmm. Our birthday suit wear was the youngest of four siblings, whose family moved around frequently when he was younger. Eventually, they settled in Miramar, Florida. Um, our birthday suit got a guitar when he was 12, decided to drop out of high school to become a rock star. Of in nineteen eighty-three, he moved with his band to LA. While in LA, he met some actors and they uh they convinced him to try out for some roles. His first big role was Nightmare on Elm Street, where he played a boyfriend of one of the main characters. Then he played in multiple movies before uh, starring in a TV show called 21 Jump Street. Then in 1990 he played the character Edward Scissorhands. Mm. In 1997 he played a, played a huge role in the movie Donnie Brasco with Al Pacino. In 2003 he landed his most popular role by far as Jack Sparrow in The oh. Pirates. Uh, Johnny Depp. Johnny Let's go. Depp is Let's correct. Go. Yes. I my one actor. I know, I knew I knew you'd be able to I was like, come on, Johnny Johnny's too big. Jack's too big. Jack Sparrow is too big to not know. Yeah. I mean, right. right. He, he it had to be crazy for him to get that big from Jack Sparrow. Like and everybody just wants him to act like Jack Sparrow all the just time. Just acts
2: like a, pi- a drunk pirate. Yeah.
1: Like it's just just so wild, man. And it Johnny's turning Johnny's turning 58.
2: 58
1: wow. for Johnny. It's crazy. That's
2: crazy. Mm-hmm. He feels like he's been around forever.
1: Hey, I'm, I mean, you think about it. He has. he has yeah. been acting since the early 80s, man. Right. It's Crazy. Crazy. Been around for 40 years almost in the acting in the game. game. Right. Yeah. Now, I no offense to Johnny, but I, I will say that um uh oh, now now I can't think of his name. Hmm. Uh he's he's in Parks and Rec. The good-looking guy, the uh, Chris Chris Traeger, Rob Lowe. Good Rob lord, Lowe. there you Rob go. Rob Lowe took too long to think of, man. Anyways, I will say Rob Lowe because they got in the acting game around the same time. They were doing sort of mm-hmm. similar things. Rob Lowe is yeah. age better. No offense to yeah. Johnny. Yeah, but Johnny's <laughs>
2: starting to get old. That's a fact.
1: But Rob, like it's crazy. I'll see Rob on a show and I'm like, holy crap, he almost looks the same as he did in '85. What mm-hmm. is he? What is he doing? It's awesome, but it's Johnny's day. Johnny, enjoy your day, man. Have have an awesome uh, 58th. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. There you go. Happy birthday, Johnny. Okay, Dave, are you ready? We're going to rip some headlines. I'm ready, Doc. Let's do it. It's now time for RIP from the Headlines. Good, man. We've got some good ones today. I'm... (laughs) Is a good one, uh, Dave. Have you ever been driving down the road, see a fire engine, and said, Man, I'd like to drive that?
2: Hmm. No, no, no,
1: no, yeah, not me either, really. That I, I know a lot of people that have, I've never been interested in that. Fun fact when I was young, uh, you know, my dad worked in grading and construction. He, uh, he put me on a bulldozer and told me to drive it. Scared the living bejesus out of me. That's a fact. I did not want to drive <laughs> that giant thing. I was like, stop it! Stop, right. somebody get this thing off of me. I oh, don't know. Like, there's too much power in my hands. Too big of a a machine for me to drive, you know? That's sort of the right. way I, I think I'd feel with a fire engine, you know? I'd be like, huh? Yeah, yikes. it's just
2: too much power. Too much, man. Too much
1: responsibility. That's not what Corey Fisher of Jacksonville, Illinois thought. Nope. huh Thank goodness it was Illinois and not us. I I did think when I first saw this news story that it was Jacksonville, Florida, and then I read it. Oh, no, not again. Uh, But so this past Sunday, uh, he made his dream apparently a reality. Corey went down to Douglas Avenue Fire Station, hopped in an engine, drove it down Douglas Avenue. (laughs) Um... Didn't take very long for the firemen to notice their missing engine. Nope. And it didn't take long for the police to find Corey and the engine and arrest him. Oh. Uh, the police said he was charged with theft, reckless driving, and driving while the license is revoked. Hmm. So, oh, no. <laughs> so a couple of questions, Dave. First... It's one of those things that I gotta ask, like, what was Corey's plan here? Hmm. Like, was this right. like... Because, like, stealing a fire engine and hoping no one notices is sort of like the visual equivalent of having a howler monkey as a pet and hoping none of your neighbors will notice. Like... That's a fact. <laughs> it's gonna come up. Somebody's gonna... You can't, you can't hide that thing. No. And then, like, I guess, like, the only thing and I... And it's c- not even, like, that fun to drive. Like, it's not like
2: it's a... A police car that, you know, can go 300 miles per, yeah. you know what I mean? It's just, like, yeah, nothing exciting about driving, a, unless he was one of those kids that really wanted to be
1: a no. a, a fireman when he grew up. I don't know. I guess, like, w- uh, the only thing I could come up with was, like, it was a bucket list thing. Like, he was just gonna do it, and then jump off of it, and hope nobody found out, you know? But, like, yep. even yep. if he wanted to do that, I feel like, you know, a better plan would have been become friends with, like, the most shady character of the fire department mm. and then get drunk with that shady character on a Friday night and be like, hey, so that engine? Probably let me drive that thing. Am I right? Wait, what? He'll probably let me take that for a ride. Because then it's all his fault. It's not your fault. Yeah. You know? If he
2: gets in trouble. Yeah.
1: yeah. All you- Second thing, though, I was wondering about this story was that last charge driving while license is revoked. I was like, can you just drive an engine, like uh, a fire engine with a regular license? Mm. And yeah, yeah, you can.
2: Really? Well, you don't need a special class license? No, apparently that, that not. Blows license, that blows my mind.
1: License license level C. Yeah, just a regular old basic license, not a not a CDL, not a not a license B, license A. I looked into it, guys. Just a regular old license. Wow. They have to take a class once they become a fire uh, fireman mm. and they ha- it's a 40-hour class that they have to take, but there's mm-hmm. no actual like state requirement. It's weird. Weird. Uh, speaking of weird, this next story is so true. Um, this made this made the rounds in the news, Dave. This was pretty uh, popular. I saw this several places. A 30 uh, year old lady from El Paso, mm-hmm. some reason decided she was going to pose as her 13 year old daughter to sneak into her middle school, and uh, as she put it, highlight security issues with the school word wow yeah yeah so she that's that's dedication (laughs) she wore a marvel hoodie and a face mask and went into the school and she documented this all on a youtube video Mm -hmm. obviously i guess for when the police arrested her to say yeah that's her um that's a fact so before she goes in the school she goes to the camera and she's like do i look like a seventh grader no cool awesome and walks in. Uh, Side note for the listeners, this lady's 4'11 and weighs 105 pounds. So, So, yes, you do look like a 7th grader. (laughs) Exactly. So, yeah, in a face mask and a sweatshirt with a hoodie, you definitely look like a 7th grader. That's a fact.
2: Anyways. It's not not like you're like a... I don't even. I don't want to say anything rude, but it's not like you look like a mom. Well, it's you know, not. You're it's, not bigger than the kids.
1: It's not like me going into the middle school and they'd be like, "Hey, there's an old hobo hmm. with black and gray beard in like you know." I think they had noticed pretty quick. <laughs> anyways, uh, anyway, so she comes in. And she, she does. She goes around for a, a while before they actually catch her at lunch and they arrest her. Uh, then Dang, on, So she got there in the morning and she didn't get caught till lunch? That's pretty impressive. Yeah. And then she, on YouTube, after she gets arrested, she did like a follow-up video saying she did it to highlight these security gaps and uh, uh, highlight the need during these mass shootings. Hmm. And then she says, I bet you anything, someone else can do this. Wow. Word. Uh, You don't really need to be challenging people for (laughs) it. (laughs) Exactly! First off, I bet there is someone else that can do it. There are 7 billion people out there. So I would say, yeah, there are folks that compose as a middle schooler. I can't, as we already went over. I'd go in and they'd be like, who the in this guy? Somebody get right. him! Like on. You know, so well, and I'm thinking of
2: like my my middle school and high school. There was like two or three security guards, you know, and a police officer. Yeah. But they obviously can't cover like every square footage, so you know it's not gonna be the most secure place. Yeah, it's not meant to be.
1: No. It? And then the second—it's a
2: public school.
1: Second thing: the overwhelming majority of school violence and shootings are done by students,
2: by students, not yep.
1: weirdo thirty-year-olds. Nope. Okay, like lady, exactly. unless you're planning on something. The last thing I gotta say that I was thinking about this was. What was her daughter doing at that time? Oh man, could you imagine how embarrassing that would
2: be if your mom yeah. got arrested at school from trying to sneak in? Well,
1: well she said she's terrible. She posed as her daughter. Did she like make her daughter stay at home? Stay home. Like oh, that's awesome. Samantha, it's, you're staying at home today because I'm going I'm to your school. Be you. And prove once and for all that they don't have the maximum security they need against four eleven whack jobs like myself. Here I oh, go. Like, I wonder if she was like, hey, so where do you sit in English exactly, class? Exactly. Like, just <laughs> so weird, man. Weird. Uh, okay. Dave, a <laughs> little news from TikTok, because we're hip like mm-hmm. that. Oh, um, yeah. Still haven't downloaded it. Nope. Nope. Uh, so, Lala went on TikTok. And Carmelo
2: La- Anthony's wife? No.
1: This is a, a not famous Lala, but that's oh, her that name. Sho-
2: that shows you how out of the TikTok <laughs> <everybody>. <laughs>
1: I don't know. I would say Lala Carmelo's wife probably has a TikTok, I would guess. Oh, she has to. Yeah. I would ass- yeah. Anyways, this Lala was uh irked because uh she works at the world's greatest fast food establishment, uh Burger King. And yes. um, she went Evil. on she went on TikTok and explained that while she was working, a lady came up to her and complained that Lala's mm-hmm. uniform was a distraction to her husband hmm. oh my goodness which which listeners if you were thinking like oh. isn't a burger king uniform a polo burger king shirt and jeans and slacks or
2: something yeah. yeah
1: yeah you're correct that's it but uh the lady making the tiktok lala um i'm gonna i'm gonna guess her names her nickname is pirate Because she's hiding a lot of booty. Wait, what? That's, uh, I'm gonna. She's she's, hiding it? Well, in her jeans, you know? I mean, you know? (laughs) Uh, Anyways, after this complaint, Lala uh, said on TikTok, she, you know, sort of went with me on the the booty there. She said, I guess I'll just leave my home next time. Uh, There you go. But first of all, uh, the thing I gotta say about this, Dave. Obviously, get mad at your husband. So true. uh, uh, Second. He can't keep his eyes off the booty. Yeah, second. If you can't do that, get mad at yourself because you married him. So true. Third, if you can't do that, go back in time and don't get married and stop bothering this nice lady that works at Burger King. All right? That's a fact. I mean, come on. I mean, for the love of God, she works at Burger King. There's no need to make her life shittier. There's no need to do that. Uh, and just because your husband doesn't like you doesn't mean you need to take it out on the girl serving you flame-broiled happiness. All right? That we all know wouldn't be possible without the greatness of Jacksonville. Okay? Exactly. There you go. Anyways, so Lala I love how that
2: all tied in together.
1: Exactly. Lala, I hope you're uh you're doing all right. Um okay, this one this one's interesting, Dave. Um I uh, I don't want to ruin any of our listeners' dreams, mm-hmm. but there was a fire at the Miracle of America Museum in Paulson, Montana. Wait, what? That's right. I don't know what the Miracle of, of America is. Well, you're in probably the 99.99% of people <laughs> that are in America. But so uh, apparently, if you were wondering what... Like Dave, what the America, uh, the Miracle of America Museum is? Um, it's basically a private collection of a whole lot of crap, uh, ran by Jill and Joan Mangles. That's a fact. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and and by crap I mean that affectionately. Uh, it's like like if, r- r- random artifacts and stuff. We if like American Pickers was a museum. That's what the Miracle of America Museum would be. It's just oh, a whole bunch of, like, antique guns, gas memorabilia, yeah. cars, motors, just weird stuff. Just remembering the good old days. Pretty much, if they were good for you. Um yeah. So, uh, good news, though, folks. Just two buildings were damaged. Everything else is operational. Apparently, there's 40... 40- Eight buildings, or 42. Either 48 or 42, I can't remember. But there's a lot of buildings, apparently, a uh, part of this weird museum. Um, now, back to what actually happened. Apparently, the two buildings, uh, they were home to some of the, ab- uh, the agriculture-related memorabilia.
4: Hmm.
1: And uh, Gil Mangles, the owner, he said that the fire broke out when he was, quote, burning some dandelion fluff in the yard when a spark caught the That's siding so of one weird. of the buildings. <laughs> so, so weird. I was about to say, listeners, am I the only one that finds dandelion fluff weird? Nope. <laughs> Is Are any of our listeners out there burning piles of dandelion fluff? Like, just... Was there anything else in this rubbish pile? Or was it just strictly dandelions? Like, how many dandelions are at the Miracle of America Museum? I I just... It's so weird. So weird. And if you're burning dandelion fluff, I mean... Isn't it known that it's pretty fluffy and light? That's a fact. Like, wouldn't you want to make sure you're not near other flammable objects? Just... Man, that
2: just—that's such a lazy way of doing it.
1: Such a weird thing for Gil to do. Come on, Gil. Weird. I'm glad to know your other buildings are all right. Uh, Dave, gotta—we're gonna end on this story before we go to break here. Okay. Um, this one's this one's also interesting. Here we've got uh, Rolf Castle. Rolf Castle has been Mm -hmm. in prison for the past. 40 years. Oof. He was sentenced in 1981 to life in prison. hmm Now, he recently asked for clemency from the governor of Arkansas to release him from prison. The governor has 90 days to either approve or deny the clemency request. Now, obviously, okay. I know all the listeners and yourself, Dave, are saying, all right, well, tell me what Rolf did that was so horrific that deserves life right. in prison so true he robbed a taco shop for 264 dollars oh man with a water gun what oh god
2: could you imagine your life being ruined over that yeah wow
1: 264 dollars with a water gun like and this guy's already served people should be
2: thrown in jail he got robbed with by a water gun.
1: Like this guy has already served forty years of that. Forty years. Bro, come on. This this dude didn't kill anybody. He didn't hurt anyone. He didn't even have the capacity to hurt anybody. He had the capacity to get their shirt damp. That's it's about it. <laughs> and they gave him forty years. Like man. I, like what living breathing person that's a judge thinks that makes sense? Like, I don't see how anybody could look another person straight in the face with a hundred percent seriousness and say that a dude that robbed a taco stand with a water gun deserves life in prison. Like what? It's crazy. Come on. I know, man. Governor Jeez. of Arkansas. Let this let this guy out, man. Let this guy out. He, by the way, he's got two associates degrees while he was in prison, and he's working on a bachelor's. There you go. Hmm. There you go. Boom. Oh. Um, so true. The other thing, one other no- thing that I noticed about this story uh, was that along with the life in prison, the judge also fined Raw fifteen thousand dollars. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> which,
2: which, How is that even, like, equal? I don't, man. Seems a, any sense it to seems
1: me. a little ridiculous, though, especially just during the sentencing when they're announcing it. Like, right. either way, either order, it doesn't come in. Like, young man, I am fining you $15,000. Right. Oh, in life in prison. Huh? Or... Young man, I'm sentencing you to life in prison. Oh, and uh, fifteen thousand dollars when you get a chance, but you got a whole life to build that up. Yeah, so. I know you don't. I know you don't work, have it, but work, we're still gonna find you. Work, work, on it. Work on it while you're in prison. Oh man, ridiculous, Rolf. I feel for you, man. Let Rolf out. He needs. He needs forty years is more. More than enough time. Anyways, Dave, we are going to take a break. We are going to hear from our guest, none other than John William. This is Cascade Cruising right here on the Doc G Show. And we are back here on the Doc G Show, Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP, 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Dave? Ladies and
2: gentlemen, whatever podcast downloading platform you use, Mm -hmm. look up the Doc G Show. We're on it. I guarantee you. Mm -hmm. Doc's done his research. We're on
1: every single one of them. Mm -hmm. Unless there give are heavy standard copyright r- rules, then they're n- we're legit. not on those. Right, So, but those suck, so don't yeah. use those You anyways. don't worry about
2: those, yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Whatever you're on, give us a five-star rating. Comment how awesome the Doc G Show is. Mm-hmm. Give us a follow on Instagram, Boom. at Doc G Show. Yes. Go to the website, www.thedocgshow.com or docgshow.com, and see what Doc's got
1: on there. Amen, Dave. Amen. You hit it all. You hit all the highlights. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Speaking of thank yous, we need to give the thank yous to the regulars, Dave. We need to give the regulars a little bit of shout-out love. Here we go. One breath. Shout out to Jacksonville, Florida, Columbia, South Carolina, Radford, Virginia, Columbus, Georgia, Katy, Texas, Boardman, Oregon, Genoa, Italy, Winfield, West Virginia, Dublin, Ireland, Barcelona, Spain, San Diego, California, Ashburn, Virginia, Anoka, Minnesota, Brooklyn, New York, Phoenix, Arizona, Peoria, Illinois, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Shout out. Boom. Shout-out. Shout-out to everybody. Thank you for listening, guys. We appreciate it. There's always a little bit of plate shifting in the regulars. We have a couple yeah. leave. We have a couple come back. But, you know, there's some standards that that don't leave. Gotta, gotta keep it interesting. There's some standards. I mean, Genoa, Italy, Barcelona, Spain, Ashburn, Virginia, Borden, Oregon, obviously Duval, obviously Columbia. Thank you for the regulars, obviously. Oh, Thank yeah. You guys. Wouldn't be the same without y'all. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Oh, I just realized on that list, shout out to Gainesville. Didn't say Gainesville, Florida. Should have been on there. Sorry. Sorry, Gainesville. Shout out. Oh. Um, Awkward. uh, It's okay. It's all right. They understand. Okay, Dave. Also, another good week for the internationals. So we got to give a shout out to all the international countries. Here we go. All right. Shout out to Israel, India, United Kingdom, Netherlands, Brazil, Japan, Canada, Korea, Vanuatu, Ireland, Poland, Australia, Peru, Spain, Bhutan, Philippines, Italy, and Guatemala. Yeah. Shout out. Yes. Shout out to everybody. Uh, this we got everything except for uh, Africa on that one this this time. Dang, dang! Almost got all continents. Almost, Almost. all continents. Next uh, time. Next time. Next time. Okay, I got. I saved a couple of my favorite, favorite uh, stories for last. Here, got a couple leftovers. So, okay. I think this one. I'll just go ahead and drop this one first. I think this is my. Uh, this is my favorite. Uh, so, little news out of Pennsylvania here. Um. So Dave. Uh, Jesse Himes was arrested in Jefferson County, Pennsylvania, and he was arrested for threatening to kill two men. Jeez. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Now, police called Jesse at the house of these two men that he was planning on killing. And apparently, the man, Jesse, was threatening to kill them uh, because of a pornographic video that Jesse was a part of and these gentlemen apparently had uh, a hold of on a hard drive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wait, what? Yeah. Now, Jesse was outside of the residence when police interviewed him. I wonder uh, what kind of video it was. Ew. <laughs> so, so when police asked him you know, about the situation, uh, Jesse said, uh, Well, first, I plan on smashing their electrical meter on their house and then going inside and killing them both. Hmm. Uh, He also then told police that he planned on killing them with the gun he had in his backpack, and uh, the police looked in his book bag, and uh, they saw said gun, and so Mm. they arrested Jesse. At least he was honest. On attempted murder. Um, So many things to unpack with this one, Dave. That's why it's my favorite. Uh, Like you said, not really what's on it, but... Why do these dudes have a video of Jesse Himes in a porno? Hmm. Like, I mean, they could be directors.
2: Who knows? I'm just... (laughs) this? Is it something he's ashamed of? Did he not like I his feel performance? Like, yes, like Is I it feel, the deed that he did?
1: I, I don't I just, know. So many yeah. questions was like the first. Like I feel like if I was the cops, the first thing I'd say was like, "All right, explain the story of how you got it. Please don't explain any details about what may may not be on the sex tape. Just tell me how they got it." And how you got to be on it? That's all. I think.
2: I think the type of video is very important to the
1: case. Well, second, (laughs) second about this though. If that's what Jesse wanted, why not give it to him? Like or delete it. Like the dude seems pretty crazy. Like I don't think he's a porn star. They're not going to be making any money off of this thing. Just get rid of it. You know. Right. Yeah, I, I, that, and then third, it's like you said, I I gotta applaud the honesty, but like, and I know you're caught red-handed, Jesse, but Mm -hmm. for self-preservation, maybe it's not the best idea to admit point blank to the cops that you were actually going to murder these dudes and then tell them where your gun's at, like, you know? Maybe right, right. M- maybe just be like, oh, it's a misunderstanding and stuff. I was pretty angry. Things may have got said. Got a little bit out of hand, but we're good. Like, mm-hmm. come on, Jesse. Ah. Anyways, fourth, how long did it take the cops to get there? Hmm. Like, was he just sitting outside of the house for like 20 minutes while the cops were getting there? Like, right. Because if he was... Feel like it wouldn't be that hard to bust out a window or something. That's like,
2: what I was thinking. You know? He was like trying to break the electrical box. And I'm like, well,
1: that was fifth. Have
2: a gun.
1: Fifth. You have a gun. I know it's not nearly as important as the first four questions, but why did he make it a point to break the electric meter? Yeah. Like, what does that do? Does he want the right. lights to be out when he murders these dudes? Like. Oh, d-
2: man, that's scary. That's dark and sinister. It, well,
1: it is, but, like, what is your plan? Like, I feel like I would have stopped him in that part of the story if I were the cops and been like, why? Wait, what? Why? Do you, do you want to get him get him out of paying an electric bill or have to have him call up the electric company? Like, when, what is this? Weird, man. Jesse... Yeah, you get get your life together. It's not looking good right now, bro. Not not looking good at all. Um, Dave, the next one. Uh, oh, I'll give you I give you a choice. We got two left. We're only gonna do. Mm-hmm. We actually got three, three left. Oh, oh. So we've got a story about getting uh, eaten. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll I won't tell you what you get eaten by. Uh, then we mm-hmm. got one that I've titled uh, titled Police Toss. And mm-hmm. then I've got one that I titled "Drunk McDonald's." So which Drunk one? McDonald's for <laughs> two hundred, please. Okay, I will say uh, I'll tell you real quick. The the eaten was a guy was looking for shark teeth. He was eaten. Uh, his head by was chomped on. No, by an alligator. Oh wow! Yeah, in the ocean? Uh, no, in the uh, in uh, uh, Maica River in near Sarasota.
2: Well, that's what you get for
1: looking for shark teeth in a river. Well, ancient shark teeth. He was looking for fossils of the megalodon, mm. but uh, and then police toss. There was a dude in Vero Beach who uh, took police on a forty-minute car chase, and then when he got out of the car, threw his baby at the cops to try oh to get my away from. Him.
2: Gosh. <laughs> People are crazy. That's
1: fine. <laughs> uh, I just want to know, like, what kind of toss it was. Was like at a high velocity toss, or was it more of just like a handoff, like here, ha, and then ran. Like, uh, oh man. Anyways, the 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 story that you asked about was McDonald's, uh, drunk McDonald's. So yes. Um, from Burger King to McDonald's, obviously, clearly not as good. Um, no. So we all know, though, that sometimes when people might have too much to drink, they make some bad decisions, Dave. Yes. Uh, and sometimes those bad decisions can be food-related. So true. You know. Yeah. Um Oh yeah. Hitting up the the fast food late at night, you
2: know, soaking it, we've, up. We've all we've all woken up with. Half-eaten burgers, a bag and of Burger King. But then, when you see it's Burger King, you're like, "Well, that was a good decision." What? You're like, uh, I,
1: "At least I did one good thing." I, fe- I feel stronger now. Um, <laughs> huh? Well, that's what Kaylee Goodall did. Uh, mm-hmm. Kaylee Goodall lives in in uh, the United Kingdom. She's a mm-hmm. lance corporal in the British Army, and nice. uh, her 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 friends and herself were out drinking, uh, and as they were uh, going back to the cataract garrison where she was stationed. um, Mm -hmm. They decided they were going to get some McDonald's. Uh, Mm. She pulled into the McDonald's, which is very close to the cataract garrison. It's only about a mile away. Um, Mm -hmm. But the McDonald's was closed. But Kaylee still pulled into the closed McDonald's. Now, luckily, uh, someone came out to her window. uh, So Mm -hmm. she gave the person her order. Uh, The only problem was... It wasn't a McDonald's employee. It was a cop. Oh. She literally tried to give her order to a cop because she was too drunk to realize it wasn't a person from McDonald's. You're not going to get out of that one. Uh, Not too surprising, uh, Kaylee was over three times the legal limit of alcohol for driving. Um, It's going to be a tough one, to make the cop think you're sober if you're asking him for a number three. Uh, large Diet Coke. What? Get out of the car? Why? Where's my food? Here's the money. Give the money. I haven't paid yet. Okay, there's your money. Doesn't Doesn't work. What do you work. mean, cash only? Huh? Uh, they they took away Kaylee's uh, driving responsibilities in the army. She's on twenty four months probation, so there oh you go. Oh my gosh, there you go. Don't th- th- that's the message. At least folks. she can still serve the country. That's the that's the message, folks. <laughs> Don't drink and drive, and take yourself to Burger King. Get somebody else to drive you there. It'll be delicious.
2: But definitely get Burger King for
1: sure. 100 p guys. Okay, Dave. Are you ready for the second birthday suit? I'm ready. Okay. Do you want the basketball or
2: movie-related mm-hmm. birthday suit? Well, let's just knock the movie one out that I'm okay. not going to get. It yeah. will end on a basketball high note. You know
1: who this is, but I don't think you'll know her name. Nope. Uh, born on June 9th in 1981 in Jerusalem. Hmm. Her family soon moved to Washington, D.C., but they relocated to Connecticut in 1988 and finally to long island in 1990 when she was 10 years old revlon agent spotted her at a pizza place and asked her if she wanted to be a child model Word.
2: she turned that's that's weird that's weird to be a child model recruiter it it is that's a
1: very weird (laughs) hey see you over there enjoying your pizza would you, you look hot would you like to model my makeup as a kid cool Ew. uh yeah that's very weird i didn't even think about that dave i should have thought about that how weird that that's is that's okay that's what i'm here for um she turned down that role but she used it as leverage to get an acting agent and started auditioning for plays she played in several plays throughout high school but her first film was the professional in 1994, she hit a huge role when she was chosen to play Padmé Amidala in the Star Wars prequel trilogy. Dang it. <laughs> See, I knew you. Around the same time I like I ah oh, man, around the same time the Phantom Menace she graduated from high school with her senior paper titled, A Simple Method to Demonstrate the Enzymatic Production of Hydrogen from Sugar.
0: Wait, what? Hmm.
1: Holy crap. Yeah. She chose to go to Harvard for college uh, in 2000, pursuing a bachelor's degree in psychology. She then mm-hmm. went on to star in V for Vendetta, The Other Woman, Black Swan, Thor, Thor the Dark Work, Jackie, Annihilation, Avengers: Endgame, and many more. Name that birthday suit. Where?
2: Dang, I do not know who this girl is that's in these Avengers and Thor movies.
1: You know her face, one hundred percent, and you know the name well, when I say it. I mean, I it. know,
2: I know who the what was the Star Wars character? Padme. Pad Padme. Yeah, I, I have her face. I just. I don't know who plays, what her name is.
1: Natalie Portman. (laughs) Natalie Portman. Knew you'd heard it. Knew you'd heard it. Yeah. Turn it. Who does she play in the. movies i don't know honestly i've never you know you know me i'm not big into the superhero movies i have i like those movies i i i know well and i know i know justin loved them too so you know he'd probably be able if he were here right now he'd be able to tell you he would have gotten it yeah
2: right right
1: off uh i tried jane foster jane foster yep Mm mm-hmm Mhm. She apparently looks ripped for the new Thor. That's what I just saw as a yes! title there. So apparently she's getting ripped for her role in Thor. Good for her. Okay. Uh. Well. Happy birthday. Turning the big four oh man four oh nice. for Natalie Portman. Uh. Apparently too. Pretty f- smart. Harvard grad. Yeah. Harvard. I- I Oof. I think I remember that I'm pretty positive I remember her going because uh, that was sort of like a big deal when the Star Wars were going on was like mm, Harvard watch out smarty you know <laughs> and then right. I I think she talked to Conan O'Brien about it too because uh, Conan went to Harvard um, anyways oh, nice. happy birthday the to Natalie Portman and, yeah happy birthday Natalie for sure enjoy it the big four oh Dave we are gonna take party, a break party but we will be back with none other than our guest, Mr. John William, right here. Don't go anywhere. On the Doc G Show.
0: The Doc G Show because sometimes you need something playing in the background. Every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on 99.5
3: FM, Spinnaker.
4: This is 95.5, Spinnaker Radio.
2: WSKRLP-FM, UNF
4: Jacksonville.
1: Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today, we are honored to have a very talented musician and fantastic teacher, Dr. John William. John, how's everything going in beautiful Atlanta?
0: Uh, It's going well, man. It's going well. It's going particularly well because, you know, the Hawks just won their first game (laughs) of the second round. There we go. Playoffs against the Sixers, you know, 76ers, so uh, everything... It's going well right now. Um, yes, the weather is the weather is nice. Nice people are going back. Well, they've always been out, but more people <laughs> are going out now, and you're pretty much seeing the social scene pick up a little bit more. You know, especially in terms of music and live shows. So things right. are going well right now.
1: Which, which, which I know you like. That's for sure. That's for sure. Well let let's start let's start there because I know I know just knowing a little bit about you you're a you're a lover of your your hometown born and raised atlanta ga yes sir i'm yes, sir. i'm a lover of your hometown too i wasn't born yeah. or raised there but i love it for so many reasons i always love coming up to atlanta now if i am coming up to atlanta i say john i'm up in atlanta it's time for the doctors to go eat say what? where are you saying we should go
0: well, there are a couple of places we're going to go to. The first place I will take you will be to Waffle House, so we mm. can get an All Star meal. You know, after mm. after Waffle House, you know, we may then go to I would say Busy Bee's Cafe. Oh,
4: um, yeah.
0: You know, to get I guess some of the traditional, you know, soul food that Atlanta's known for. Of course. Um, I, there are more places, you know, such as Old Lady Gang, mm-hmm. such as uh, Slutty Vegan that has mm. arrived at. You know, in which a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, black entrepreneurs, have made a name for themselves in the food industry. So, I would take you by there. I nice. may take you by Slim and Huskies, and yep. I would, I would take, I would take you by American Deli. You know, you mm-hmm. have to have a ten-piece hot, nice. uh, extra crunchy, extra wet with lemon pepper sprinkles. You know, fries cr- crunchy and wow. a half peach, half lemonade drink just to top it off. You know, man,
1: we're gonna, we're gonna <laughs> be eating. We're gonna be eating that day. Jeez, that's that's <laughs> yeah, a g- definitely. That's a good day right there. Now, I one of my favorite places is is, is Mary Max Tea Room there in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. How does Mary mm-hmm. Max compare to to Busy Bees? Because I've never actually been to Busy Bees. I've heard all kinds of things about the chicken, and I need to go. But how do they compare? <laughs>
0: That's a really good question because they are both exquisite dineries, um, yeah. great mm-hmm. food on on both ends. Mm-hmm. You may have to wait a little longer with Busy Bee because, you know, it's always a wait. It's always a line. Yeah. But uh, the food is worth the wait and is definitely immaculate. So nice. I, I will have to, I, I may have to give it to Busy Bee just a little bit. But I think, actually, I, I would say Mary Metz has more options yeah, in terms of veget- vegetables and, you know, food yeah. that you can eat.
4: Mm
1: hmm, mm hmm. I do. I, I man. I can't. I always save up. They have the Sunday special at Mary Max, and I save up not eating for like a day, and I just go in there with a couple of friends, and we just eat until you can't move from that Sunday special. And oh, mm, mm, it is good. <laughs> it is good stuff. Now, outside of food in Atlanta, what's the experience Atlanta type thing you think? everybody needs to do what does everybody like need to get off their to-do list in Atlanta you
0: know I really think that depends on the age and the person and what they want to do because there are a variety of things that you can do mm-hmm. you, I mean you can go to top golf but top golf is everywhere you know that's not yeah. really yeah sp- specific to Atlanta mm-hmm. uh you can definitely go to the Georgia Aquarium go to the African-american nice. um Museum, you can go mm-hmm. to the King Center. Mm-hmm. I would go, I would definitely visit Martin Luther King's house on Auburn Avenue that yeah. he grew up in. Go by Ebenezer. Um,
4: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, and I mean, and if you're older and you want to experience, you know, the nightlife, there are tons of hookah spots you can go to. Mm. Tons of lounges. If you're a, a younger adult, you know, Atlanta has plenty of clubs, plenty mm-hmm. of strip clubs. Mm. It, so it's pretty much whatever your cup of tea is, you know. Nice. Uh, depending on the depending on the season, like such as right now, if you, you want to pay, you can go to a Hawks game, Hawks playoff mm. game, you know. Mm.
1: Uh, That's- that's, that hasn't get, been able to say for several years, so that's a good feeling nah, right there.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. You can go <laughs> to a Braves game, an Atlanta United game. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's t- six flags over Georgia. Just, t- just tons to do whatever whatever um and also also again like i said a lot of shows are happening now so you know you can go to Piedmont park go to grant park go mm-hmm. uh to the different parts around atlanta because there's always some kind of music going on and festivals are coming back so for sure where you come you'll be for sure
1: <laughs> for sure it's fantastic man it is a great city and i think i've done most of those things i actually haven't been to i haven't been to any professional game Girl, come on been to a lot of college games in in Atlanta, but not not a lot of professional games in Atlanta. So I need to check that off my list. I need to get some next time. Next time I'm up in Atlanta, professional sports games. It's happening. Yes! Uh. Well, let's talk career. So uh, okay. you've been playing you've been playing music for a long time. Your instrument of choice is the flute. You've been playing it since the third grade. What initially started you playing the flute what was the catalyst for you starting that
0: well originally i wanted to play the trumpet that was the instrument that i wanted to play because my older brother Leroy he played the trumpet Mm. you know little brother's always trying to be like big brother but he 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 didn't want that you know he kind of wanted me to do my own (laughs) thing and stop trying to copy him all the time so when my mother took me to the instrument uh store to pick another instrument Mm -hmm. the guy who sold us our instrument he he played Mary Had a Little Lamb on just the flute head joint and the foot joint. And to me, that seemed real easy. And I said, okay, well, that's that seems <laughs> like an easy instrument to play. I could play that, you know. And yeah. honestly, that's that's, the one, that's one of the reasons that I played the flute. And then uh, my mentor, uh, Reverend Arthur McClinton at my church, he also played the flute. And so... Um, seeing him playing it subconsciously kind of made me want to do it because it's something that I readily saw every Sunday and I felt that that's something I could do
1: for sure, I I can I can, uh, I can uh, feel the the brother brother vibe. My brother played the drums in high school, so I played the drums. So true. Uh, he didn't force me to get another uh, instrument, but then again, my brother quit the band before I even started. So you know, Wham. you know it's. Uh, but I did. That's the reason I chose the drums. So I get it. Now, <laughs> as far as the flute. Um, what what did your mentor i mean obviously he was you call him your mentor so he had to mean a lot to your career but what has reverend arthur uh, mcclinton meant to your career oh he's pretty
0: much everything in terms of me being um, a flute player and i would say educator as well because he he's the one that hone in my skill of being able to play by ear and for those who don't know what that means that means that i can hear music or melody or notes and i can replicate it on my instrument without reading music and that's yeah. a very very valuable tool in terms of you know playing music and being and playing in church and also going to his to his academy you know during the summer times i, I just pretty much um i sharpen my skill set yeah and so he always encouraged me you know to play more instruments and learn more and you know and lock down on the fundamentals and the foundation Mm -hmm. and me playing to where when i get to the point i am now it'll be it'll be a lot easier which it is
1: for sure for sure now I've, i've heard you talk about it before and uh i i definitely can can understand back when you were starting there was definitely a belief that like you know, flute was a girl's instrument. Guys didn't play the flute. Uh, how much blowback did you initially get? Like, how much did you hear from other people? And, and I mean, did it, did it bother you, or did you have a thick skin about it?
0: Oh, yeah, it definitely bothered me. But not initially, because when I first started playing, I was in the third grade. So mm-hmm. being a third grader, you know, you just go to Oblivious. band and play your instrument. Yeah, yeah it's, there was really – I didn't really understand nor view – any kind of stere- stereotypes that were associated with the various instruments at the time. Yeah. And so I'm, again, like ignorance is bliss. And as I'm getting older, now, you know, you will have a lot of the guys that may have played woodwind instruments, they would transition over to brass instruments or mm-hmm. percussion. But here I am, mm-hmm. still on the woodwind instrument. Now that coupled with the fact that I I hit a growth spurt in eighth grade, I really began to grow. It's like wow, look at this really big guy, you know, playing the (laughs) flute. And I look, and if you look at me, I look like the size of a linebacker, you know, like at least a third string linebacker. And it's always and it's always the jokes, it's always the comments, you know. Uh, It definitely made me have a tougher skin, Uh and I took it well over the years. But I would be lying if I said, you know, it. It affected me in the way it needed to for me to be where I am today. Gotcha. Uh, people would say people. I never, I never really got bullied because if if because somebody size. were to right, 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 because somebody would say something and come up to my face about it, then I, I will fight. Yeah, There'd be no question <laughs> about it. And good luck with that. You know, don't yeah. get it twisted. You know, I play the flute, but I still got hands. You know, <laughs> and so. Uh, but the thing is, as I was in middle school and high school, people may have a comment initially, but then I'll play. Yeah, and they're he- and they'll hear me, and yeah. after they hear me, that's like, oh, okay, well, okay, he's cool. He's he take- a guy he played the flute, but he's cool. He's good. He's really good, yeah. you know. So uh, take that's the how crap it went.
1: serious. They get it. They get it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. When when I was in marching band, we actually had one guy play the flute. Brandon uh, took all kinds of heat in the football stands. I remember everybody was Shut- giving giving him crap, but he ended up like yourself, being the drum major of our uh, band. Shout out to Shout out to Brandon, getting it done.
0: Shout out to Brandon. Brandon, yeah. if you're listening to Brandon, shout out to you, man. Flute yeah. game.
1: Out yeah, out. it was, I mean, you know, I I, I I, don't think, to my recollection, I never actually made fun of him for anything like that. But I definitely respected him after a couple of years for doing it and then being so good and then becoming a drum major. Definitely, you know, when you, when you practice it, you love it, uh, people respect it. They see it. Yeah. Um, when when did you when did you know you wanted to make music your career? Was that like right off from third grade, or did it take you a while to be like, yeah, this is I got to be around this? Oh
0: no no, it definitely didn't happen third grade. When I was in grade school, all the way up until my my senior year, I wanted to be a veterinarian. Mm. Like my life. My life, everything I did during the summer, my mom would put me in summer camps that were geared towards veterinary medicine mm. you know, or any kind of, you know, sciences or biology type focus. Yeah. And so my my plan was to, you know, go to college, major in biology, go to veterinarian school and become a veterinarian. But it was right, right at the cusp of entering college that at the last minute I changed it to music mm. because music has always been a constant. It's yeah. the one thing I've always enjoyed, you know, and... Again, playing in church and just playing for different functions, you know, throughout life, it was it just gave me the most happiness. At the time, I didn't think I was going to be a teacher, but I knew I was going to be. I wanted to be in music. Something,
1: yeah.
0: At the beginning of my 12th grade year at Morehouse, that's when you know I went in to major in music performance. And with my mom being an educator, uh, she just recommended that I pick up some education courses. So Mm. I wound up minoring uh, in in P through 12 education.
1: Gotcha. Speaking of Morehouse there, obviously, marching bands, huge deal at Morehouse. Um, Really, at all HBCUs. But outside of band, was it important for you to go to Morehouse and and just an HBCU, or did that just happen to work for you because of where you were and and what you wanted to do?
0: It just happened to work for me, um, mainly. And I'll be honest, I wanted to go to Tuskegee or Mm. Clark Atlanta University. Mm. Um, At the time, in high school, I liked Morris Brown's band, uh, Mm -hmm. Clark Atlanta's band, Mm -hmm. because that's what was evident to us. And Morehouse as well, you know, but those two bands were more aligned with Uh, my high school Douglas High School so I was looking at Tuskegee because again like I said I wanted to do veterinary science and so Tuskegee had a a vet program there to where you know you do your undergrad then you could just kind of transition right in right Mm -hmm. into vet vet school Uh, but you know the way it turned out when it came down to scholarship money because I, I knew I wanted to be in a band. I knew I wanted a band scholarship. Yeah. Tuskegee really didn't have the money I wanted. And Clark mm-hmm. Atlanta did not have the amount of money I wanted. But Morehouse more, Morehouse had more than they did. Morehouse didn't have enough money either, honestly. <laughs> but they had more than, my, than the other two. And... And another reason that you know I decided to go to Morehouse was was because you know my dad, he's a Morehouse alum, nice. and he he exposed my brother and I to a lot of Morehouse's uh, games and the HBCU culture as we yeah. were growing up. Yeah. He would take us to the parades, the homecomings, the football games, and I'm and I'm just subconsciously soaking it in. So a lot of pride came there, time yeah. to make it. De- yeah, when it came time to make a decision, it was a no brainer.
1: Nice. Nice. Well, we, we have we have had a fellow alum of Morehouse on the show, uh, David Purdue, the comedian. Shout out to David Purdue. Cool. Oh, huh.
4: Dave.
1: He, Shout yeah. Out. He he came on the show, told us of what it what it's like to be at Morehouse. He had a fantastic uh four years there. I feel like nice. being the drum major at Morehouse, you had to have had like some crazy stories. Like at least from all those competitions that you guys have gone through, because I mean, that is, it's competition heavy. Like, what's one of the craziest (laughs) stories you've got uh, from your time in marching band?
0: Well, being a drum major was, it it was phenomenal, because it taught me the foundations and principles of leadership. Mm -hmm. When you're a drum major, you're, it's it's the drum major, and then it's the band director, unless you have assistants, you know. Mm -hmm. And so, and we had a couple of assistants, shout out to Ed, you know, shout out Mm -hmm. to uh, Switch, shout out. My band director at the time, Melvin Jones. Nice. Um, Shout out. But being a band director, I mean, I'm sorry, being a drum major, it really taught you how to deal with people. It mm-hmm. taught you how to communicate because you have all these different personalities, and you got to understand how to operate within them for everybody to complete um, one task, which is to perform, mm-hmm. play a song, march the show. But to answer your question, probably the one of the most funniest stories that I had was my uniform. It fit me, but for whatever reason, the, the fabric we had was cheap. Mm. And almost every game, I tore my pants. Every <laughs> game, like I'm marching. It's like my mama. She would be, especially the home games. My mom, she would be in the stands with the pins ready, ready <laughs> to pin me up because <laughs> uh, I'm on the 50 yard line, you know, and doing a dance routine. And when next thing you know,
1: now, was it was it right down? Was it
0: right down the backside? It was yes, like right down the middle. But I used mm. to wear like these tights. These spandex, you know, kind of tight yeah. underneath, so mm-hmm. my business didn't go flying everywhere. Good, but you know, uh, it was
1: <laughs> got still I got embarrassing, a, nonetheless. Yeah, so. <laughs> I, I could, I could see it for sure. For now how how close how close is the movie Drumline to what you experience? Is that is there a lot of fabrication, a lot of cinematic, uh, you know, uh, uh, elaboration in that movie, or is it is it fairly close to what you see in in a in a uh, marching band?
0: It's fairly close. Um, it's fairly close. It's 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 really close, Ashley. Um, right. <laughs> the o- the only thing I guess I would say, at least for my experience, is that you know they had the whole P one, P two, P three yeah. things, and mm-hmm. only the P ones are guaranteed. No, when you got the when you got to college, mm-hmm. you're going to march. You're on the field. You know, mm-hmm. there was no question mm-hmm. about it.
1: Gotcha. And yeah.
0: The only reason you didn't march was if you maybe missed practice or you didn't come to the practice and you didn't yeah. know the the, root, the the show or the music. Yeah. But yeah, there was no. I'm about to join your band, and then I'm not participating in it now. You were the
1: <laughs> <laughs> Well, so after college, you, you did go into, you know, you went into education. Like you said, you took those education courses, and you became a band director at Crawford uh, Long Middle School. And mm-hmm. I feel like it's got to be hard when you were the drum major for like some of the you know most talented musicians out there, I mean really talented folks in that in that band at Morehouse, and then you switch to middle schoolers who presumably <laughs> haven't really learned much of their craft yet. Nope. Was there was there like was it tough going through that switch and realizing like ooh, well I got to take a step back here?
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. I almost wanted to quit my first two years. Mm. <laughs> you know, mm. um, it's hard because you're talking about the two polar opposites of Cognitive development. One yeah. dealing with you know uh, college students who are on the cusp of all the way adulthood, and some of them mm-hmm. were already adults. You know, yeah. living and doing what they do, as opposed to middle schoolers who aren't even fully mentally developed yet you know yeah emotions all over the place <laughs> you know they're just wired differently and yeah. again you're dealing with middle schoolers who are coming from different backgrounds and mm-hmm. uh, different socioeconomic statuses and have different home lives and mm-hmm. they bring all that into the band room and then you have to get them to focus with a singular task of creating music yeah. very 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 hard mm-hmm. very hard in my first yeah. year my first year um not only was I doing band at Crawford Long but I I was doing band I was teaching general music I was teaching a reading class a 30 minute math class I had three mm. different three different duties you know cafeteria duty bus duty morning duty it was like so much and I'm like man did I I don't know if I signed <laughs> up for this now I, don't, I just wanted to teach some band it was it was it was night and day it's tough man
1: it's definitely it's tough shout out to all the band directors out there like I I have said it so many times and my listeners know because obviously I have a lot of musical guests on this show and you know some of them went through band as well and I always say I feel so bad for my band director because she took so much crap yes. from all these students and all their parents and like like for instance me I I didn't really I didn't give her crap. But I also didn't practice at all. I was like the worst <laughs> musician ever. And like you know, if I was her, I would have been like, "Get out of here! So yeah, true. you can't. You haven't practiced at all. What are you doing Ugh. here?" But she just, it's, you know, just bit her lip and and you know went with it. All right. Well, you really yeah. don't know the sheet music. All right, let's yeah. try it again. Like
0: and the hardest thing about being a band director, well, I would say, any teacher that's in the fine arts is that. How people perceive me to be succe- successful as a band director is purely indicative of what a middle schooler is going to do. Meaning, mm-hmm. I can be the best band director in the world. I can I can just have all the tricks and bells and whistles, have mm-hmm. all the teaching theories. But mm-hmm. if the kids don't sound good, if the kids don't do what they're supposed to do on their mm-hmm. end, this they're always going to look at the band director like, "Hey, man, what are you doing? What are you doing there? <laughs> we need to get rid of you." So yeah. it's. it's it's, it's tough. hard man
1: it's tough well now while you're doing this while you got all those hats on being band director did you see yourself having your own musical career right off or was that something that came later like where does that play in your own music into that career
0: it came later because I've always gigged. I've always played. I was doing yeah. that in high school, you know. So yeah. that's something that never stopped. Whether or not it was a wedding or a corporate event or a funeral or what have you, I will mm-hmm. always play. But uh, it was it was later in my mm-hmm. teaching career on the back end that I really and seriously buckled down to become a, a recording artist.
1: Nice. Nice. Now, I, th- I think when people mostly think about flute, most people are, are you know fairly their music knowledge doesn't go that deep and i think most people think classical music i think they're less Mm -hmm. likely to think like jazz and even less likely to think hip-hop was Mm -hmm. that always once you started thinking about your musical career was that always where you saw yourself like what type of music you saw yourself creating was sort of that hip-hop jazz lane
0: not really um with me and this is something that I pride myself on mm-hmm. I like the fact that I play whatever the <laughs> I play you know I'm not I'm not and I'm not saying that with an air, arrogance I'm just saying it to where I don't you can't pigeonhole me to one genre yeah or one or one type of music um yeah growing up, again, I, I was in church started, so I learned gospel first, really. And then, mm-hmm. you know, being a, being a part of band, you know, you will learn your classical music, you know, or mm-hmm. your classical repertoire. But mm-hmm. me, I like it, being from the South, I like hip-hop. Mm-hmm. So, um, one of the first I guess songs that I heard was, that utilized the flute was what? <laughs> Jay-Z's Bit Pimpin," You yeah. know, with a uh, feature in UGK. And mm-hmm. then later on, with it, then later on with it, I hear bum, 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 bum. Bum, And that's T.I.'s Motivation. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay. And then, you know, I just kind of began, I, I play what I like. If it's Disney music, I like it, I'll play it. La La nice. Land, you know, uh yeah. musicals, I like it, I'll play it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. uh Motown pop soft rock John Mayer it doesn't matter if i like yeah. it i'll play it if i like it i'll play it you know and yeah. that's pretty much what happened with my career being in Marcha band we did a lot of Earth, Wind, and Fire we did a lot of Stevie Wonder so i learned that you know mm-hmm. i learned that music um a lot of my, a lot of Michael Jackson i learned that music and so my repertoire would just swell and swell and swell and build with all these different type of of music, you know, that I that that uh, that I've learned, and that's nice. ultimately what my particular style became—just yeah. a smorgasbord, you know, yeah. of, of these different genres.
1: For sure, for sure. Well, I got this. Sort of goes along with it, sort of in popular culture, and I feel like you got to get at this a lot now because I feel like sort of in. Popular culture. This is one of the things people think about with jazz flute. Is with with Anchorman mm. when he played Ron Burgundy bust out the jazz. He dabbles. He dabbles in jazz flute. <laughs> now, did you did you like that, or did you think that was like being disrespectful to what you do?
0: No, I loved it. I loved a little little jazz flute. <laughs> yeah. I loved it. Nice, um, nice. And I, I used to be jealous because. I hate I used to I would love to be able to just pull my flute up my sleeve and play instantaneously <laughs> anywhere I went, you know. But um I, I like the light um that was shined on the flute and yeah. the flute being a mainstream part of and there have been flutes in jazz. Oh yeah. There definitely has been there, you know, only oh, yeah. the Hubert Laws, you know, mm-hmm. but um uh, Kirk Carr, you know, but uh, he um with him playing it in the movie, you know, that just kinda let people know that, yeah, you know, it, Lutes can be in jazz as well as classical, as well as this and that and that. But I, yeah, Ron Bargany loved him. Loved him. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: I, <laughs> I think you know it's one of those things that it, it it makes it makes sort of like it makes it funny, but at the same time it makes it like everybody wants to get behind it. Like yeah, yeah, that is cool though. That is pretty exactly. awesome. Um, exactly. Now at what what point in time when you were teaching? and making well and performing like you were saying gigging what what point in time there did you decide like hey I'm going to go back to school for my doctorate
0: uh that seed was planted in me for my mom cuz my mom she has her doctorate degree she got hers back when I was in maybe high school or Very maybe nice. middle school and so but she never force me to get it, nor did she ever bring it up that I should get mine. That yeah. actually happened when I was at um, Morehouse taking courses at Spelman and my professor at the time, Dr. Mitchell, she asked the class, it was only a class of three of us, uh, <laughs> shout out to Candace, shout out to Monique, <laughs> and she asked <laughs> us, she said, hey, uh, you guys are going to be in education for the next 10 years, right? We were like, uh, yes, that's the plan. <laughs> she said, you're going to be alive, right? We said, yeah, that's the plan. Then she said, well, why not be alive with your doctorate degree? Why not be alive with the highest degree that you could have to where you can earn the most amount of money being mm-hmm. in your position?
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And that really resonated with me. And that pretty much planted the seed for me to get that degree. When nice. I finished when I finished undergrad, I went directly into grad school to get my graduate to get my master's degree. Yeah. So I finished I finished that in 2008 and um, I took maybe like a year off and then I just went right back and finished to finish the degree. So nice. it wasn't immediate but it was just gradual it was a gradual plan
1: gotcha gotcha now now my brother went to georgia tech and it's only three miles away <laughs> from Morehouse. it's real close it's it's real close uh now i looked and all they have is like a music technology phd so i'm gonna tell myself that you chose to go to the university of georgia because they had the program you wanted was that the reason well,
0: first, before I answer this, let me go ahead and give Georgia Tech a hearty boo. I only mean, have to do that is because, you know, they're our rivals. You know, they're our direct I rivals in you. the state of Georgia. I hear you. <laughs> but uh, the reason that I – actually, I wanted to go to Georgia State. Mm. that's where i that's where i applied to but i did not get accepted to georgia state's program come on georgia state what are you doing georgia state i don't know they definitely did not accept me and (sighs) so i also applied to uga because uga had a program to where it worked well for teachers who Mm. were teaching and can go to school at the same time so we were able Mm. to get you know the masters within two summer programs with coursework during the year so it was more beneficial so that's yeah. the main reason I chose UGA. But I was I am always jealous of Georgia Tech being right in the center in the heart of Atlanta. Right
1: I midtown, am jealous man. You can't get <laughs> – oh, yeah. When you're on that, when you're on their uh, mural field, that is like one of the coolest looks of all the city mm-hmm. to me, because you can just see everything from that mural field. You see all of downtown, all of midtown. So cool, so cool. And and just to make you feel better, I got a job at Georgia State and turned them down. So that was for you. I didn't know it was for you at the time, but there you go. That was <laughs> that was for you. Uh, well. Now, your first album came out just a little over two years ago, Melodic Ascension. Uh, yes. now, I mean, that's I feel like, and knowing a little bit more now about your past, I feel like it was a little less of a build up because you didn't always think that. But obviously, being a musician, what's it feel like when you finally get your first album out into the world?
0: It feels liberating because it's a part of me, musically. It's mm-hmm. my it's my music voice that's out here now, and yeah. it can never be taken away. It'll be here forever, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, unless alien aliens come and blow the world <laughs> up or whatever. But you know, it'll, it's it's here. And so, yeah. for you know, melodic ascension, it was a it was a long time in the making, you know, and a lot of what I did with that, it was pieced together. Like I think of a melody here, or a bass line here, or a rhythm here, or a harmony mm-hmm. here, and mm-hmm. you know. Eventually, it got put together. Uh, shout out to DJ Burn One, uh, yeah. the, produ- the producer of it. Shout out to mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> Anna Valina, Siraj mm-hmm. Rick, Big mm-hmm. Rube, all mm-hmm. of them who had a hand in bringing that project to light. That's, that's, that's shout that's, out that's the baby. Yeah.
1: for sure. For what now? and now right after. Well, not right after that, but fairly soon after that first album we we get hit with a pandemic i mean less than a year after it came out and that basically renders performing in person impossible which like you said was a huge part of what you do uh how how was that adjusting to that like i mean you're so used and i mean obviously your other job is you being in person teaching like and all of a sudden you go to this just no performance, no interaction. How was that adjusting to that new situation? Well,
0: teaching-wise, it was really, really hard. It was mm. hard, and
1: mm-hmm.
0: I, 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 I will go on record to say I hate teaching virtually. <laughs> I detest it because you know the, the students are not held accountable. We can only hold them Can't focus, so accountable, yeah. and mm-hmm. at some point they're going to have to do what they have to do on their end. And the majority mm-hmm. of, of cases they didn't do it, yeah. and I hate to sound cryptic when I say this, but the educational system will be paying for this pandemic for a couple of years. Oh, it's for gonna sure. take us a while to get back. <laughs> for sure.
1: Yeah. 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 I mean in, in every and I can really see it in music as far as as far as having to deal with like there's there's so many situations where it would make it just easier if you go over and go, No, put, put your finger here. No, 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 right. no. You can't do it that and and you can't do that on Zoom. Exactly. So it's just so, so very diff. And then, like even when you're not doing music, it's it's like I tell students all the time. When you're sitting there uh, in a classroom, it's it's much harder to start just completely zoning out. But when you're sitting there staring at a computer screen, it's easy to just mm-hmm. sort of start wandering around and looking in your room and being like, oh, and then coming back and be like, oh, I haven't been listening for the last five minutes. Like, right. you know, it, it's so so much easier. So yeah, I, I completely agree. It's it's definitely gonna be trouble for this this country for a long time trying to sort of make up for what happened for a year of really bad teaching uh, in no part to the teachers, but because of the situation. But what yep. what was it like on the performance side?
0: Uh, on the performance side, it was lovely. And I say <laughs> that, well, I say that because, now, of course, live music stopped. All shows stopped, gigs yeah. stopped. Yeah. But I did do a lot of virtual things. I did a lot mm. of... Uh, Virtual performances on Instagram and Facebook. Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of different entities. You know, they went live on Instagram, and I took that opportunity to tap into their live, and you know, pretty much make contests. Like uh, I was able to do a studio session with Jazzy Faye. I was able Ooh. to, um, I was able to tap in with Mr. Kali Park. Um, wow, head crack, head crack, You know, from what yeah. used to be the Ricky, Ricky Smiley Morning Show, I was able to tap in with him, and I was actually able to get a, to be on a song you know, with him, entitled Run It Up. Um,
1: Very
0: cool. Georgia Follows Official, Atlanta, uh, not Atlanta, but United Masters, you know, they were going live. And, and I just pretty much took the opportunity to, you know, uh, to cook. I was focusing yeah. on, on producing. And even with Tomorrow's Yesterday, a lot of that, you know, a burn one, he definitely produced it. But a lot of that, I had a hand in the production as well as far as, you know, a, um, a, um, we'll put in, you know, a lot of the beats. and. Yeah the beast together. So I used the time, my brother would always make this phrase, man, you know, we well didn't make it, but I know he would say it that when the, when you get put to the fire, you either gonna barbecue or mildew, and with me, <laughs> I'm putting the coals down, and I'm, I'm barbecuing all day, I wasn't gonna sit and just, you know, crumble. So I just, yeah. it's using time wisely. If nice. anybody is ever my adversary, you don't ever want to give me time, because if you give <laughs> me time to do anything, it's like Batman with prep time, you know, it's like, it's, yeah. it's a done deal, you know? Yeah. So, uh, that, that's how my that's how the pandemic went, went for me and as a result tomorrow's yesterday
1: well I mean tomorrow's yesterday like you said you got to be on these tracks and that was something cool you also got you got to work during the pandemic i saw that you were on the track uh for my people goody mob what uh which is so so cool like goody mob is just awesome uh i mean i love i love still standing. Soul Food, like just amazing yeah. tracks, amazing oh, yeah. artists. Like I heard Siraj James was integral in making this happen. Like how did this come about? How did you work with them and be on that track? Well,
0: let me uh let me clarify just one thing. I'm not on the track. You're you're in the video. In the video. I'm in yeah. the video. Yeah. yeah Siraj. Yeah. And shout out to Siraj, uh Straight No Chaser, Melodic Ascension. He was able to bless, you know, said my first album. He was able to bless my second album uh, mm-hmm. on the on the song entitled Cigar on Tomorrow's mm-hmm. Yesterday. And Siraj yeah. and I was we were I both I first met him back when uh Berwin, DJ Burnwin introduced us to a mm-hmm. song we played on entitled If You Want It, which gained placement on the Superfly soundtrack. Mm. you know uh yeah, yeah, yeah. sleepy yeah. sleepy brown, we'll featuring brown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah and so that, that was first and from there you know suraj and i have a wonderful relationship and he called me up you know he again he played all the horns he's not only a trumpet player now he's a hornsman. so mm. he's done work with t.i 21 savage goody mob all kind of people in the industry but he plays all horns trombone french horn baritone cool. what have you and so Man. on the and so he called me up. He was like, "Hey man, uh, it was, I know it's last minute, but uh, do you want to be in the Good Mob video?" I'm like, "Do you know?" Who? I'm like, "Do I want to?" I'm like, "Do you know who this to Right now, of course I want to be. Of course I do. You know, he like, yeah. "No money." I'm like, "Money? I don't care nothing about money. It's Good Mob, you know." And so I'll he pay hooked them. that up. Come on. Right. I'm, I'm on the way. I'm on the way right now. Oh, it's tomorrow. Yeah. Cool. I'm on the way. I'll be in my my car, sleep until y'all get here. <laughs> nah, but uh. <laughs> he definitely looked out man he's been just gracious he's been great and the thing about him is that he's so humble he has so much that he can brag about you know with what he does but he's one of the most humblest just coolest down to earth low-key dudes and he is solely responsible for me being in that video so thank you suraj shout out uh goody mob for my people yeah out now (laughs)
1: <laughs> very very cool song and and that i mean you know for the listeners i'm sure there are uh, a lot of uh, music music aficionados out there but being able to play all those different horns i mean oh, yeah. french horn is completely di- there's all kinds of hand movements with the french horn and then the, mm. the tr- trombone you got the slide and like i mean it's just mm-hmm. all completely different uh you know technique and to, and to be good at all of them that's super impressive that's uh, absolutely um, now, did working with Goody Mob on that video, did that lead to you working with Big uh, Big Gip on your song Night Drive?
0: Uh, Actually, it was the opposite. Big Gip, <laughs> Gip and I, we did Night Drive. Uh, Well, we did Night Drive.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And then later, you know, uh, and, we, and we finished the song. We did the video and everything. It was done. And then later, yeah. you know, Siraj called about the video. So it was just... It was, it was synergy. It was the planets aligning, the stars aligning for me to actually go to the video knowing, actually knowing somebody from Goody Mob, you know? Yeah. It was yeah. really cool the fact that I can walk up to Big GIF and dap him over, hey, how you doing? And, and yeah. meeting CeeLo and, and, and Cujo and Timo and yeah. all them. It was, mm-hmm. it was just great. It just one hand was watching the other. Uh, their video came out, our video came out, so it was just a good look all around, you know? For,
1: for sure. Well, I mean, you know, like I said, I'm not I'm not from Atlanta, but I love Goody Mob, Dungeon Family, Organized oh, yeah. Noise, Outcast, all of them. Like, they were the first hip-hop artists to make it cool to be from the South. I mean, mm-hmm. they were the guys that everybody wanted to be that switched the shift from East Coast to West Coast to... What's going on in Atlanta? And like, not only did they do that, but they explained, you know, good from bad. They explained southern hospitality and social inequality in the same rap. You know, they they had all this—the good and the bad of the South. What did it mean for a guy like yourself who grew up literally down the road from these these guys? What did it mean getting to work with them? It was
0: so. It. I'm still awestruck, honestly yeah uh, I'm humbled again I'm appreciative mm-hmm. I'm grateful mm-hmm. of the opportunity and yeah. the whole time it's like I think I was probably the last one to lead the video because I was the video <laughs> said when we got done because I was just trying to soak it in
1: anybody wants we pic- want some more cuts anybody want to run this again <laughs> we can more? do it again. again one more one more one <laughs> more one more.
0: no okay we're cool right. I mean I because I mean it was it was like one of those like you said they, these are legends yeah. Growing up in Atlanta, I mean, like you say, you, you're you listening to the Outcast, the Goody Miles, you know, the, yeah. the whole Dungeon family, uh, yeah. the Kilo Ali's, Raheem Devon, I mean, just Raheem yeah. the Dream, so mm-hmm. many people. I said Devon, Raheem mm-hmm. I mean, the Dream, Raheem the Dream. <laughs> There's so many people, Jermaine Dupree's, you know, with uh, Atlanta bass music, and, you know, when you hear Goody Miles, yeah. it's like, man, I'm there. And I had a couple of cameos in the video, so I was like, oh, man, I am in this guy, right? <laughs> you know, it was pretty cool, <laughs> you know? And, For uh, sure. It, it, it just felt good. It just felt good. I'm, I'm I I want to manifest this right now. Uh hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully one day I can uh work with Mr.
1: 3000 himself Woo. one day, you know.
0: <laughs> uh even if we both playing flutes.
1: That'd that would be cool with me, you know? That would be amazing. Well, you know, actually, just just recently, just a couple, I think about a month and a half ago, we had the Dreamers on, a rock band out in California. They actually just did a song with uh, Big Boy. Uh, mm. They just put a song out, Palm Reader, with Big Boy. Um, wow. Yeah, which was, I mean, you know, I told them the same thing. I was like, holy crap. I looked up, you know, Outcast, one of favorite rap groups of all time. Like, I just, oh I mean crazy like it's crazy jay-z you know
0: like jay-z jay-z new york has jay-z you know we yeah atlanta has outcast
1: atlanta has <laughs> i just recently too yeah. i watched uh i i went back i watched the the uh netflix uh um they got a series docu series uh the, right. the or, uh, beginning of evolution of hip-hop that's what it is Evolution right. of hip-hop and they have the one the one section on atlanta where basically the whole focus is organized noise and like you just i mean yes sir it's just so so impressive i mean like you said sleepy brown's production and and rico wade and just their ability to find that talent and then make goody mob and outcast sort of who they are and and i just it's so cool that you get a chance to get to interact and be with them and, and big Gip being on your song. Very, very cool. Oh my
3: goodness. So well, grateful. Oh my goodness. Shout a, out along, to
1: gip shout Yeah. Out. Yeah. Along with that though, not only did you have Gip on the, on the song and it's getting pretty good amount of airplay, getting a good amount of streams. It got an endorsement shout out from Busta Rhymes, which I mean, it's, it's, it's bus of Bus. That's awesome. It's like, like, <laughs> Like how'd that feel? Like when you heard that, you were like, "What?" Buster rhymes right now, shouting out my song. Like that had to be pretty awesome too. When I first saw that
0: happen, when I first got in communication with yeah. Buster, I I I, I was on Camp Creek and I had to pull over. I had to pull <laughs> over, and I just had to. I was looking at my phone like, "This can't be real. This can't be real." <laughs> yeah, this doesn't happen to me. Like I'm a yeah. I'm a middle school bander. I have I have duty in the morning man like yeah what, it's me and yeah. so it was and you're talking about the dragon we're talking about the leader of the conglomerate you know yeah. what i'm saying flip yeah. folks we took buster rhymes and yeah. my favorite movie of all time is how you learn it nice buster's part that he played in there it was like his character was one of my favorite characters and so mm-hmm. just to note that he endorsed and he endorsed the song. He listened yeah. to the video, saw the video, and he gave his blessing. That just kind of let me know that I'm on the right path, I'm on the right track, and I need to keep doing what I'm doing. So, again, sure. Buster Rhymes, thank you so much. So, 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 yeah.
1: Busta. Yeah. Thing. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you are on the right track. The newest single, Cascade Cruisin', uh, great song. yeah and, and it brings us back to where we started, that Atlanta feel. I'm guessing... Yeah. The, I'm guessing the song is relating to Cascade Road. Uh, Absolutely. What, what what inspired you to write the song?
0: Well, you know, when you're riding down Cascade Road, let's say in the in the springtime or the mm-hmm. summer, and mm-hmm. you know, it windows down, the weather's perfect. It's like it's mm-hmm. just a feeling. It's a feeling. It's a vibe, you know. For sure. And mm-hmm. you, you I ideally you will be listening to some Outkast, so you know mm-hmm. maybe a little T.I. top back, you know, but just mm-hmm. so, just it's just a feeling embodiment of Atlanta. You know, Southwest mm-hmm. Atlanta to be specific because he, like I said, I'm that's where Schwab. I'm from from the yeah. mm-hmm. And so uh when I when I did Cascade Cruising, I just wanted to do a song that people can just ride to for it to be mm-hmm. what what my brother called it to be like the, the summer bop. That's the yeah. bop for the summer, you just ride mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. You see Krispy Kreme, you see uh, the beautiful restaurant. Big Daddy's Jr. Crickets, yeah. <laughs> um, Willie Watkins Finner Home, Murray Murray Brothers Funeral Home. I mean, yeah. you, just, you feel Atlanta. You just feel it riding down, and that's what inspired it.
1: Yeah, it has it, got it, man. It's got it. Definitely has that summer feel. It's got that like that light feel, that air, like you said, in in blowing in the wind. You can feel it in the song. It's 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 exactly what you 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 just said. You can feel that in the song. Now, now the artwork has like you said, the artwork, if, if the listeners haven't seen it, go on Spotify or go on Apple and look at it. It's got classic, it's got a lot of the things you said. It's got Krispy Kreme, it's got J.R. Crickets, the outline of the the sign. Now, Tom, the artist, he's an Atlanta man too. Did you did you tell him? like what to make out of it or did you just let him go with it oh uh, tom
0: davy great yeah. guy that that that's that's my homie there you know and it's funny thing about tom is that i okay his cut i met him through his cousin nick mm. nick i went to school with nick's sister like we mm. were in uh we went to high school together we was in a homeroom together all four years mm-hmm. And so it's like I knew her first. And then later on in life, I met Nick. And then, you know, I'm telling Nick about what I want to do for my album. He, and uh, he was like, yeah, man, I got a cousin that does art. His name is Tom. Tom Davey. Check him out. And I looked at his Instagram. When I saw his Instagram work, I instantly followed Super him. I was cool. like, oh, yeah. goodness gracious, this is dope. And so, yeah. But answer to answer the question with Tom, I gave him just a, a, a real horrible sketch, you know, of things <laughs> I wanted. You yeah. know, I like I pulled up some images on Google, you know, in different businesses and locations yeah. that were indicative of Cascade Road. Right. And I just emailed it to him, said, "Hey, man, I just I want to be in the car." I gave him a blueprint, but he's the one that really be, he he put the building together. So for sure, yeah,
1: it's it's cool. All all of his art is it's it's all markers, and it's got this like streamlined feel. There's like this really cool edgy line to it, and it's just. Mm-hmm. It it has the same feeling like you were talking about the song. It goes with the song really well. Uh, I but shout, shout out to all his art. His, his art. I mean, like he has one of the the Krispy Kreme on Ponts, uh, which I don't know is is yeah. has it Got, been rebuilt?
0: Not yet, not yet. yet. Hopefully, right. Shaq can uh, hurry up. That's and, what he know. said. He said <laughs> it's,
1: it's it's coming back, man. I I've had many a donuts there, so I hope it comes back. <laughs> Uh, but it definitely, it works with, it works with the art. It, I, I, it works with the song. Super cool. Um, what, what I love about just your whole career is that you're an independent artist. You paid for everything on these albums. You're, you put everything into it. There's not a label. There's not a, a you know, a motive from the label. There's not a marketer. It's you. Like you said, like you said at the beginning, it's you putting out what you want. Uh, how important is it for you to keep it that way? Like, you know, how to make it the way you want it when you want it.
0: I like the freedom so much that I think is vital that I stay independent. You know, I mm-hmm. think it's vital. That's not to say that I will forever, you know, because mm-hmm. situations may change, but right now I love the fact that I own everything. Yeah. I own all I own all that I do. Now, yeah. that being said, it's hard. It's really yeah. hard because mm-hmm. Everything is coming out of pocket. I'm not out spending money on, you know, all a ton of clothes and shoes and jewelry and cars and, you know, <laughs> games. And, and to each his own now. Don't get me wrong. To each his yeah. own, that's, if that's your piece. But my money goes to, you know, bills and marketing and promotion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I, as hard as, as it is, I do like the fact that, you know, I am grinding. I'm, I'm doing the groundwork. I'm doing the yeah. grind work. Mm-hmm. And it's all and it's all on me, and that's something that you know I, I hold my head high about, and I feel proud about. You know, um, yeah. it, it tells
1: it, it tells me when an artist does that that it's it's pure love, it's pure art. Uh, you know, if you're mm-hmm. willing to put that stuff in there, then you really believe in it. You know, whereas, I and not to say that people on labels aren't, because there are plenty of people that do believe, you know, believe in the art, and obviously tons of that stuff that we were just talking about was put out on a label. But at the same time, it hasn't been adulterated by anybody else when it's not on a label. It's right. it's you wanting to put out what you want, and it's, uh, it's very cool. And speaking of that, the last release you had that's the most recent, and it has... Cascade cruising and night drive on it is tomorrow's yesterday. How has the response been so so far? As far as the album,
0: oh, it's been lovely. It's been lovely. Um, nice. Just just found out about two two days ago, two or three days ago, that mm-hmm. we've reached. I want to say on Apple, mm-hmm. on Apple, we've reached like number thirty seven on jazz Very charts. Good. Awesome. And so that's that's phenomenal. I got to go back and check. Yeah. Hopefully, it's still there. But um, <laughs> it, it, it's been great, you know. And we the plan is to just push it. I'm gonna push it. I'm gonna just keep going until the wheels fall off and I just change my tires. So that's not gonna be happening (laughs) anytime soon. And I'm just gonna see I'm I'm going to see where this goes, you know, because I love to create and I love to perform and I love to play. So hopefully we can go to the moon and back.
1: (laughs) For sure. Well, so I mean for the rest of twenty twenty one. Is it is it promotion and and uh, shows for the rest of twenty twenty one? Is that the plan?
0: Yes, it's promotion shows and it's working on the next project because nice. I'm always kind of forward thinking. I'm already thinking about. I already have the foundation of what I'm going to do next. You know, yeah. uh, it's just a matter of doing it. Now, I will say one thing about you know being independent as opposed to being with a label. The good thing I, I guess about being with a label is they have the reach to reach more people oh, so to sure. speak uh, in terms of, you know features or in terms of the connections of who they know they know yeah. exactly exactly who you know who to get into contact yeah, it, yeah. Exactly. and and that's not to say now oh uh, and I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't shout out uh, Lighthouse Management my guy of D course. if I didn't if I didn't shout out Mike Bartley, if I didn't shout out uh, Lou, all all the people that I've that have helped me shout on out. my team as far as the marketing and promotion, because I didn't have this my first album. My first yeah. album, it was just me doing whatever I thought I needed to do. But you know, with this one, um, it, it's been a little different. So uh,
1: shout out D
3: Double.
0: Shout yep. out D Double. Oh man, yeah, definitely shout out D and. <laughs> If I, I have to give, you know, kudos to everybody who did work on this album. So again, Big Gip. Again, uh, James Worthy, Night Driver, Dwayne nice. Duggar, my Morehouse brother Dwayne Duggar, Cascade nice. Cruising, thank you, uh, Siraj Red. Uh, the five points bakery, Walt, Ricky, Anna, um, Jake Chapman. He uh vibraphone player that you hear on Atlanta Sports Blues. Nice. Uh, shout out to shout out to him. And uh all the artists. Yeah, all the artists. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm, Oh my God, I'm tripping. Big Rube. Oh, I'm, shout, I'm, out. shout out, shout Big Rube, because he blessed the album again. There it he is. He did the first one and the second one. So I love the the Dungeon Family presence. You know, so I feel like I'm getting their their seal of approval. You know, when they when they yeah. uh when when they breathed on the project. So thank you to all those individuals, guys, and everybody who liked anything, loved it, shared it, left a comment, streamed, bought the album. Thank you to all of you guys, because without you, you know, we wouldn't get it out there. So all I'm saying, is let's, let's keep
1: going. Stay with keep me. Keep it going, Stay on man. the ride. Keep it going. Keep it going. John, I want to thank you for taking the time to come and talk with us, man. It's been fun. Absolutely. <laughs> for sure. Listeners, you can check out all things John William at www.johnwilliamfloutus.com or you can follow him on Instagram at johnwilliamfloutus or stream him, and any of those songs that we talked about on Apple or Spotify right now, let's take a listen to "Night Drive" with Big Gip with James Worthy, right here on the Doc G Show.
3: The speak, yeah. Fire one. Fire Fire one. One. Mud on my hands Bullets and batters, I got blood on the flag Soccer moms, picket lines in these wicked times Big coins, blue stripes, that's a short change Want the whole block, whole city, whole state The rats can't eat, cause there's no way Cash, watch the bundles on the corner Put them in stones and put barcodes on them Paint job, tied up. 434 lines 285, we on this night slide We on the night drive the paint job tighter, big tuna in the point Eddie put the rubies off in my first gold Drive to the sun gone, the moon came back Blow snowballs, cruising on 90 Wear my shades at night, the chrome so shine You see me, even in the shadow of death Got a as I hear my heart beating my chest Take a drive through the city just to clear your head Remember who you start night, with, not being the end. Sometimes you need a nice drive, Ooh, yeah you need a night drive. Yeah. Yeah. Slick hip since the girls had the big hips Slick hip since the players called they both whips Slick hip had the drop tops moonroof Blowing moon rocks riding down Pew Street. Decatur still greater still getting at the paper Spaghetti junction got the whole city jumping Live like six flags on the south side Slide with the braids when we on the north side Stone Mountain, the Altoona, the fish are good Buckhead all the way to the backwoods, money sweet. Riding through the Georgia streets, looking at my Georgia beach. It's just a nice slide, night ride. Welcome to Candyland, home of candy paint, land of the moonshine clocks with no time, 285. The shadow of death, I gotta win Cause I hear my heart beating my chest. Take a drive through the city just to clear your head. Remember who you start wake up being it Sometimes you need a night drive Yeah Sometimes you need a night
4: drive Yeah
0: out the gutter, oozing through the sewage We flying down Calvertin' the flutist In the mutant, got the torch tucked low Liquid loud on chill, bringing tears Down your face like when Lou left will wheel Even still, grinning it, it is steady Laughing, shooters in the wing the one named me gavin cold to the soul rotten to the core they line them up and drop them and call it connect four now we rhyme through the west side block still hot but i'm clutching knives like i'm hugging jj White. got burn on the beat so you know it ain't no stopping me they bowing to me like martin did the hashi-tashi goons still creeping, though, know they love the lurk but they don't catch me when black tony report to work so we finish up the night drive still pumping sky high gotta rip the west side 225 certified
1: And we are back here on the Doc G show you just heard John William and yep. Big Gip and James worthy that's right the whole crew such a good one such a good one shout out to John William for coming on the show fantastic show right. love talking to him there good good locations he chose out oh, a couple yeah, chose out Some a couple goodies. of chains but you know I like chains especially if we're talking Burger King he didn't mention it but you know whatever shout out to Burger King if you want to sponsor the Doc G show we'll be okay with yes! it, Do it. Um, uh, so uh, listeners obviously while we were listening to Night Drive there uh, we had to look up the menu Busy Bee Cafe what are we gonna get in uh, what are we gonna get in? What was that? Huh? Yeah. You, you're, we're talk, you're talking southern now. <laughs> and, I, and I, and I, even on the radio now. What am I doing? <laughs> nope. Uh, anyways, we checked out the menu for Busy Bee Cafe. Dave, what did you choose? What are you going with?
2: Dude, I am gonna be getting the uh, fried shrimp with some Molten. mac and cheese and some
1: greens. Oh, they look That's mean, man. They so look good. mean. Now, I'm hoping they got some salty, vinegary greens. That's yeah. what I love in a green. It's got to be It's got to be salty. It's got to be vinegary. Those mm-hmm. are the two things I'm looking. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously, there's got to be at least like a pound of ham in there. That's right. Uh, that also oh, makes yeah. it good. Oh, but yeah. I think I'm either going with that monstrosity of a pork chop that Man. looks like some kind of Cancerous fried thing that's that just thing. a giant pile it looks like it'll of fried kill stuff. Kill you. <laughs> I know, kill me with delight. Mm. That's what it'll do. Oh yeah. Mm. Mm. Or I'm going fried chicken. One of the two. You can't go wrong. They're both fried. They're both delicious. Why not? Why not? Busy kill Bee Cafe, you. soul of America, soul of ATL. Uh, thank you uh john for coming on the show we hope you come on soon again guys check out his newest album it's fantastic check out his new singles that we talked about cascade cruising night drive they're out now they're on spotify they're on apple they are fantastic uh dave it's time to move on to the newest addition to the Doc G Show, the Let segment go. we affectionately call the Doc G Top Three. Oh yeah. Here we go. Now, Dave, uh, you've been having some long days at work. You've been mm-hmm. getting fatigued, and you know, I was thinking about that when I came up with this, when I said, where are the best places to take a nap? You know, like situational. Mm -hmm. Now, these to me are very particular. I have very particular times and places that just make them magical. So I thought, why not share them with our audience? You know? There you go. So, Dave, what's your number three place to take a nap? Hmm. So my number three
2: place, and I've appreciated this much more as Mm -hmm. I age, Um. Is just a good hotel pool lounge chair Ooh. nap.
1: Wow! You know,
2: I think when we, um, you know, when we have our naps in real life, yeah, you know, we have to worry about like, okay, how long can I sleep for? Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, when mm-hmm. and you don't get that like as prime of a nap because yeah. you don't get into that, that deep deep sleep.
1: That's true. But no
2: cares at a poolside in a hotel.
1: So true. Primo. I like it. Primo. That's good that's good I, that that's sort of like my number one. It's sort of where my number one but it's a little bit different but close. Uh, my number three is situational. also you don't have to worry about these kind of things. So it's after a really long day of work uh, mm-hmm. it's on a Friday mm-hmm. and you just come in to your house and and collapse on the floor yeah. if it's cl- carpeted on the floor. floor yeah on the carpet it's gotta oh, be man. it's like my favorite <laughs> it's when you signal to the world that you have given up that you're just like done that's right ceasefire it and you just fall over and just right on the floor mm-hmm. i have mm-hmm. done that listeners so many times you don't know how many times like on a friday i'm just like over let's just right here done that's so funny it's good stuff man it really it's it's like you said you let everything go right there you're just like this is it like on the Mm -hmm. couch i feel like my my worries and other things will follow me there on the floor nope Mm -hmm. just done done okay number two so number two i haven't done this in a long
2: time but this was back in the like undergrad days where you were Mm -hmm. going from like internship to real job or class to job. Oh, and, oh I think you, it
1: might be the same as mine. Let's see you what had it is. that
2: random like 30, 45 minute, whatever the random gap was where it wasn't worth you driving all the way home and coming mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I'm just gonna lay the driver's seat down. Oh, yeah. Leave the car on and take a little parking lot nap.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's very, dude, that's almost my number two. I put in a car... A fair Mm -hmm. like it's the best when it's a fairly cool day, but Mm -hmm. not like not super cool, and the sun's shining bright, and you let the windows down, and then like you said, you roll the seat back, and the parking lot's got to be like empty. It's got to be like completely a busy one. No, no, yeah. And, and, you know, I was thinking of it because I used to do this. Uh, I had this uh, research study. I had to go back and forth down the highway like two hours. And I would stop at a, 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 a rest station. Race stop. Yeah, rest yeah. stop. And yep. uh, and would just find like the very last spot and just mm, park in that thing and just, oh, yeah. Sweet. Oh, yeah. That's, that's it, man. It's nice. That's
2: nice. Number one. Hmm. Dude, my number one. Is post all obligations, Mm -hmm. anything, Mm -hmm. any of your chores, Mm -hmm. whatever stuff you have to get done on a Sunday. Mm. It could be between that, you know, four o'clock and and an eight o'clock game. Mm -hmm. It could be, you know, you're at eleven o'clock and you're sleeping before the one o'clock. Whatever it's, you just have a little gap on your Sunday, and you can just kick back and relax on the couch, and just watch something for a second knowing that it doesn't really matter because you're about to have a dang nap. I am Amen. such a nap person on the couch. That's my go-to spot. I'll nice. put a pillow under my knees, pillow under my head, and like I'm it. out. I'm I out. I like it.
1: I like it. That's, uh, that's very uh, reminiscent of my undergrad. Shout out to Joey Crack, one of my old roommates. Shout out. Uh, Joey Crack. Joey Crack, uh, not his real name, guys. His his last name. Nope. Joe was his real name, but uh, not not Crack, not Mister Crack. Um, <laughs> just a nickname. So true. Joe would like to go hard. Uh, and by hard, I mean he would just go full throttle mm-hmm. all Friday, all mm-hmm. Saturday, and then just go unconscious for like. 14, 15 hours. <laughs> All day and, long,
2: he was useless Sunday.
1: Yeah, you know, and literally, so like whenever he actually got to bed until usually like five, he would be out. Yeah. And then around five, he would start to move and he would come in and the first thing he'd do is he'd be like, dude, I'm starving. That's a fact. Oh, I need something to eat. And usually what he would do is Is he would call Papa John's. Now this is Papa John's that was extremely busy because they're in uh, downtown Miami, and it would uh, they would have like a wait time of like literally like an hour and a half or two Mm -hmm. hours for delivery. Oh my god! And and he he'd be like, oh fine. And then he'd get off the phone and be like, God, it's gonna be like two hours. And then he'd be like, all right, I'm going to McDonald's. Anybody want anything? (laughs) And he would drive over to the McDonald's, get a twenty piece nuggets. And eat them, and then pass back out on the couch. And, and then, then when the then when the pizza came, he'd be like, "Oh, I'm full, man. Do you want it?" And I'd be like, "Yes!" And I'd take the pizza. So that was always how. Well, many many a Sundays went down with Joe, and uh, you know he took advantage awesome. of that of that mid mid afternoon nap on Sundays after he had slept for like. Fourteen hours before that, oh, yeah. but you know, we've all been there.
2: We've all been there.
1: Uh, my number one, like I said, very close to your number three. The only difference is I got a specific time, and it's got to be a hammock instead. Dude, hammock was honorable mention. Okay, okay, yeah, hammock about like six thirty in the summer. It's got to be under some pine trees because I mm. feel like pine trees give me less rustle than palm yeah. trees yeah palm trees get a little too loud and you're like what's going on mm. what's up there what's yeah. uh, is that monkey gonna I, come attack you, me what's you going can't on keep
2: your eyes closed
1: yeah right but pine trees just enough and then you get that hint of pine in there oh mm. Mm, just bacon in the sun oh yes! man i had a nap like that one time in myrtle beach I was on vacation uh, with my uh, my friend's family. I had a nap like that. Literally like an hour and a half. Best nap I've ever had. Oh,
2: yeah. Best completely, nap ever. Completely revitalized.
1: Oh, man. It was like none other. And like my, my skin was all toasty from being in the sun. For, oh, so nice. Oh. Oh, naps. They're the best. They're the best. Listeners, yes. where are your best nap spots? Top three. That's what we did. Doc G, top three. Okay, Dave. Let's knock out this last birthday suit let's go pretty confident on this one uh, so I'm gonna give you a, uh, I'm gonna give you a 90 93 93. okay I know okay. you know who it is 100% know you know who it is I'm just mm-hmm. not sure if you remember his name Okay. Um, born on June 9th 1939 <laughs> yeah in Passaic New Jersey. Our birthday suit wearer loved basketball, although he wasn't the greatest player. He always loved the game, and he ended up going to Seton Hall and graduating with a business administration degree, Mm -hmm. later getting a master's degree in education. His first job was literally as an elementary school basketball coach. That's terrible. It, It only took him a year before he became the high school coach, and then he became the high school coach at his alma mater. He had a record of 131-47 and at his alma mater. Pretty solid. Pretty solid. And his team won two New Jersey State championships when he was there. That's nice. He then started coaching in college as an assistant coach at Rutgers. He was -hmm. then hired by the University of Detroit to become their head coach. For uh, four seasons... He was uh, he was at Detroit. He had a a, a record of seventy eight and thirty there, and took. Is it Larry to, Brown? No, no. Okay. Keep going. He then went to the NBA and coached uh, the Detroit Pistons for a season. After he was let go by the Pistons after a season, our birthday suit wearer was asked if he wanted to commentate for TV. He commentated mm-hmm. the first game ever aired on ESPN of college basketball in oh, wow. 1979, Wisconsin mm-hmm. versus DePaul. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was—he has been covering basketball games for ESPN ever since. He it's is gotta in- be
2: Dick Vitale. Dick Vitale is, is Let's correct. Go. Let's go. There
1: it is. He's in the Basketball Hall of Fame. He is in the College Basketball Hall of Fame. He's in uh, the University of Detroit's courts name is actually named after him. He won the 2019 Sports Emmy Lifetime Achievement Award. There it is. Man, Dick I, Vitale. I
2: love Dickie V. Uh, yeah. I didn't realize he coached at Rutgers only for a year, but it's still pretty, yeah. that's Assist- pretty awesome.
1: Well, he was the head coach of the Detroit Pistons for a season, so, yeah. you know. Uh, I mean, and think about it. It's crazy. He literally went from coaching uh, elementary school to the NBA in a decade.
2: Yeah, that, in a like, decade. That, that doesn't happen anymore.
1: Like, that's crazy. And, I mean, to think about going at a high school and winning 70% of his games... And then going to University of Detroit that's never really been that great at basketball and mm-hmm. winning 70% of your games there. Oh, yeah. Like, that's crazy good.
2: Coaching matters. Oh, yeah.
1: That's crazy good. And I did, I did, honestly, I had no idea of his coaching pass. Like, I knew he had, like, basketball pass. I just didn't know what it was because right. he's been right. doing it forever. But, uh, you know, I used to get annoyed at Dickie V. You know, no, I'd just be like... You just think it's like he, a stunt? It's just too much sometimes. You're watching a game. You're like, settle down, man. But now, you know, turning (laughs) turning 82, you're like, "Ah, this dude just loves it, man. He's just all about it. Let him go. You can barely hear his voice now. Get at it, Dickie V. You know? So, diaper dandy. This is awesome, baby. Dick Vitale. Happy birthday. There it is. There it is. Happy birthday, Dickie. Woo! Woo! You know they took him off of the UNC Duke games uh, in 2015. Oh, he had done. I dang, I didn't
2: he, notice that he wasn't doing it anymore. Yeah,
1: he had done every single one since they started airing them on ESPN, and That's they terrible. took him off 2015. Shame on terrible. you, at ESPN. Just let the old man do it. Come on. Right. Come on. What else does he have going for It's like for letting him?
2: John Madden do all the... You let him do all the games, too. You know what yeah, I
1: mean? Yeah, do him until he doesn't want to, all right? Right. John Madden still kicking it. So true. Get get it done, John. Good job keeping alive. No, I think John died. <laughs> what? He did? I'm pretty oh. sure John Madden's dead. Oh, okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh. Let me, let me look, look, that yeah, he's still, cl- he's still uh, alive He's still alive He's still alive, man I, yeah. I thought he was dead
1: Still kicking Okay, jeez I, got-
2: uh, I haven't heard about John Madden in like 10 years So Yeah, keeping I it low,
1: man Keeping a low profile he He's doing his own My thing My bad, John, man. I'm sorry John's still <laughs> kicking. Yeah. Had me thinking there. I didn't know what I was talking about. Now, John's still kicking. Good for you, John. There you go.
2: Keep kicking, John.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He just wanted to retire, live his live his private life, you know? Had yeah. enough. Retired back in 2008. There you go. Right. You go. That's why
2: I, you hadn't heard from him in 13 years.
1: Exactly. Anyways, it's not John's day. It's, it's Dickie V's day. He's a PTPer, baby. Who's actually three years older or three years younger than John Madden. So there you go. Boom. There you go. Just a diaper dandy. There it is. There uh, it is. Nice. All right. Well, listeners, we've got some great shows. I got some great shows loaded up. Excited sure about next week, but I have to make sure the manager has okayed it first, so can't say it yet, but I will I will say. It's going to be a good show. So true. Other than that, guys, make sure you tune in. Make sure you stick around. But we got to wrap it up for this week. I have been your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the man that gets confused for Nikola Jokic all the time, Dave Burles, Berlin. Never happened. Probably never will. <laughs> That's a fact. If, if you wear some stilts, you dye your hair blonde, you shave your beard... You, you get a little bit like less defined arm musculature and you start throwing down triple doubles like it's your job? Then, maybe so.
2: Then maybe it will be. That'll be.
1: I'm just saying. <laughs> Anyways, guys, until next week, zip it up and zip it out. zippity doo da